East Palestine in New York, talking to all the press. I'm going to mute my mic. Let me send out all the invites to get everyone here. Yo. Another one. Another one. Sorry. Can, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I got the invite. Yep. Uh, good, good. Just was wondering because I was alone on stage and there's people in the audience and I can't ask them if they can hear me or not. So I was like, the, I was oh, like, right. I'm talking, yeah. but I don't know if they can hear me. I'm like, should I talk? Should I wait? <laughs> you I, can do a thumbs up. You can get them all to send right. your heart. Yeah, but like, I'm not <laughs> as intelligent as I might look. Uh, let me get the, the crew. They said you look intelligent. Just kidding. <laughs> Let me get the guys together. Yep. It's been a while. We haven't done a a, a, a Twitter files drop, so I, I forgot. I've got even to invite. Uh-huh. The regulars in. Yeah. I'll send out an invite now to Matt, but it'll be good uh-huh. to read it first. Sure. I was beginning to wonder when we were going to have a Twitter file saying come in again. Let's get Prodigal in, eh? You want Prodigal? Let's get Prodigal. Yeah, I like absolutely, him. man. It's been a while. Awesome, awesome. Is he in the, the is he requested? Hey! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's requested. Yeah, he's up. Prodigal, I miss you. Brian misses you as well. <laughs> it's good to be back. Hell yeah. Was there actually a drop today or no? Yeah, it just yeah, came yeah. out now. It literally yeah. just came out. Yeah. We're not. I'm going to retweet are you, are, you. Are, you, are you. Are you implying that we're clickbaiting protocol? Is that what you're trying to say? Listen to each <laughs> their own. If it gets people in, I don't care. Listen, as long as there's more people listening to what uh, certain people have to say, I'm all for it. Oh, and guys, uh, you know, leave some replies in the comments in the bottom right. If you, you know, if you have any questions, uh, we'll read them out. Was it Matt Taibbi's drop or yeah, somebody else's? Yeah, it's Matt Taibbi today, yeah. And I I only just removed him from my alerts list, so I didn't even get it. You know, Why like you, normally I'm, I'm like... Why did you remove him? Did you give up on the... On the I was just purging people. I was just purging people because, you know, he was just tweeting random stuff. So I was like, eh, you know. I didn't realize he was going to do more drops. So I'm going to add him back to the thing. <laughs> and it's not even the, the Fauci files, which is interesting. No. Yeah, like that's still coming, right? To my understanding, it's still in the works. Uh, they have to fly some journalists down there to, to the Twitter HQ and, and deal with it. Do you mind sending out... Because it's not going to be tidy. Do you mind sending out an invite to uh, Name Redacted? I can't remember his handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Name Redacted 247. Oh, 247. I thought it was one second. Got it? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, Jim, uh, Jim... You want to make yeah, Jim yeah, the uh, co-host? No, yeah. I think he's uh, helping invite yeah. a few people. Uh, yeah. That'd be excellent. Jim, you got a question. Like, um, if you could invite a name redacted Jim, that would be great. Let me know when to start. We're at almost 2,000 people. Already almost how many? Almost 2,000. 2,000. Jesus. That was cool. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think everyone misses the 
juicy Twitter files. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, everyone. There's only 17 drops. Yeah, be, uh, you ready? Should ready? Be a quick one. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's yeah. pin it above and let's kick it off. Uh, do you want to pin it above first? Right. Can do. Yeah. And I think Matt is tweeting some extra stuff, so I'll go over that afterwards. So here we go. Twitter files. I'll start now. Twitter files number 16. Comic interlude: a media experiment. Number two. Uh, the Twitter files have revealed a lot. Thousands of moderation requests from every corner of government, feds mistaking both conservatives and leftists for fictional Russians, even Twitter deciding on paper to seat moderation authority to the U.S. intelligence community. And he posts four screenshots here. One's an internal guidance, I believe, uh, from Twitter. It reads, any user identified by the U.S. intelligence community as a state-sponsored entity conducting cyber operations against targets associated with the U.S. or other elections or an entity associated with such operations shall not be allowed to advertise on Twitter. This is from a previous drop, right? Uh, an email from Yule Roth, uh, directed to Emily Horn, Nick Pickles, and uh, IQ Escalations, reads, Hey, Emily, unlike hashtag release the memo, this one is primarily being driven by data from Hamilton 68. I'll do another sweep for spam shortly, but as of yesterday, this looked like the right-leaning hashtag about the shutdown which only got the label of Russian because the Hamilton dashboard falsely accuses a bunch of legitimate right-leaning accounts of being Russian bots. Uh, how we publicly push back on Hamilton is a bigger question, but I don't think there's anything too noteworthy about this hashtag beyond that. Yol. That's the uh, second email. Third email is, Hey folks, uh, I suspended 12 accounts of AR origin and 10 accounts of VE origin that were tweeting about uh, Ukraina and Nazis and were clustered by identical event IPs and user agents and or safety graph. After reviewing uh, the Chelikos account, we're recommending to request an ID in order to obtain another signal about the actor behind the account. While the FBI asserts that the account is a proxy of Russian actors, we found evidence that suggests it's linked to individuals in the Pirate Party in Catalonia and others uh, of the left political spectrum. So it's not even Russian bots. It's actually uh, members of the Pirate Party. It's a legitimate political party in Catalonia, an independence movement, just saying. Uh, we also found that the Chelikos account has been, strangely, retweeting its own content and quickly deleting it, racking up more than 3,000 deleted tweets since last week alone. So, you know, the, the U.S. government tagged it as a Russian disinformation, but really it was from a left-wing uh, Catalonian or Spanish account. Not even Russian-related. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another email uh says, uh, Greatly appreciate uh, your assistance. Uh, regards, Khadija, from the Foreign Influence uh, Task Force, that's uh, FBI, uh, to, uh, and also another one from Elvis Chance, says, Twitter folks, uh, could you see below from the FITF Global Unit and let us know what you think? Thanks. And um, another one, uh, it's, uh, it's from, who is this from? Davis K at CTD, FBI, or it's an FBI person saying, Elvis, the Daily Beast article and the associated names. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a link to some article where it says right wing media outlets duped by middle, uh, Middle Eastern propaganda campaign. And the, uh, the names are all associated with, they're like fake names. Uh, yeah, I remember this article that, that came out. Basically, they tried to claim that some Middle Eastern uh, propagandists or something were using Twitter to promote. And all they did was link to a Daily Beast article that supposedly uncovered it. So that that's the FBI source, guys. The Daily Beast. Um, yeah. 
Number three. Uh, these and at least a dozen other newsworthy revelations produced exactly zilch in mainstream news coverage in the last two months. And he refers to uh, then-House hearings were held last week at which uh, one witness uh, 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 told a, a story about Donald Trump asking to remove a mean tweet by Chrissy Teigen. The press went bananas. Now that was big news. And uh, so... <laughs> Uh, apparently Trump tried to get Chrissy Teigen's uh, tweet um, deleted from Twitter, and that became a big major news story. And uh, the TMZ article reads, Chrissy Teigen, my pussy-ass Trump diss made it to Congress. It feels amazing. So I guess she called him a pussy-ass, and, and he wanted that removed. And that became a news headline in uh, the New York Magazine, TMZ, MSNBC, The Hill, uh, NBC, BuzzFeed. Uh, now this, and so on and so forth. So they were more than happy to write this nonsense up, but, you know, U.S. senators and the government asking Twitter to ban Americans or anybody, really, for criticizing them, you know, that that's not a big deal, you know, who cares, right? So number five, purely to show the bankruptcy of media in this area, uh, let's introduce a pair of loud new data points and see if any press figures at all cover either of them. So he's doing an experiment here. This is a social experiment that he's running right now. Uh, and he says, if a, if a president freaking out about one tweeter was news, truly a U.S. senator thinking uh, on 300 plus of his own constituents must also be. And this is from Kevin Kane, uh, uh, who uh, is a person at Twitter, uh, forwarded this to Site Integrity, to Yul Roth and Enrique Flamini. And the title of the email is Suspicious Accounts from Senator Angus King. So he says here, I spoke with the campaign director for Senator Angus King this morning, who provided a very large list attached of 354 suspicious accounts they have identified. And the, uh, the, the list is called Sus FB Accounts. <laughs> Number seven. Here's Maine Senator Angus King writing to Twitter to call a slew of accounts suspicious for reasons like Rand Paul visit excitement. Wow. Bot. Averages 20 tweets a day. So if you tweet it more than 20 times a day, you're a bot, apparently, according to Angus King. Uh, being followed by his rival, Eric Brakey. So if you followed his rival, Eric Brakey, you were a bot, a Russian bot, according to him. Or uh, my personal favorite, mentions immigration. So if you mentioned immigration, Angus King would call you a Russian bot, and he'd want you banned from Twitter. Absurd. And so, uh, number eight, King's office declined to comment. If Dick Nixon sniffed glue, this is what his enemies list might have looked like. And he actually links to this. I'm going to put this in the uh, the top here so you can actually see uh, the accounts that he tried to get banned from Twitter for simply, you know, following his rival or uh, mentioning immigration or criticizing him, right? Number nine. So it's not to focus only on Democrats or only those who caucus with Democrats. Here's a contribution from Republican Mark Lenzi, a State Department official most famous for offering to donate his brain to science after a claimed brush with Havana syndrome. Now, if you're not familiar with Havana syndrome, it's a made-up disease that a bunch of intelligence community people claim to have suffered from because they had headaches and they're able to get disability after claiming that, right? Um, it was later proven to be nonsense, uh, that, that, you know, they were claiming that the Russians in Cuba were targeting lasers at their brains and giving them headaches. Turns out it was all in their head, right? There, there was an investigation into it. And this is the article. Uh, U.S. diplomat Mark Lenzi, who suffered mysterious injury while stationed in China, pledges to donate brain to science. Yeah. What a weirdo. Uh, number 10. 
Lindsay wrote to Twitter bluntly asking to remove 14 accounts uh, distinguished, among other things, by skepticism of Russiagate. Quote, the below are some Russian-controlled accounts that I think you want to look into and delete. So this is Mark Lindsay sending an email to Twitter directly, right? This is directly from his email, lindsaymr at state.gov, where he writes to Lisa Roman at Twitter, and he writes, Hi, Lisa, nice to be in touch with you. I'm an American Foreign Service officer that works at the State Department, and I've been working on Russia issues for more than two decades. I speak Russian and know the country and its disinformation efforts really well. Significantly and somewhat rare at the State Department, I am a lifelong Republican that has worked for the RNC, so in my work, I've been able to identify a lot of Russian-controlled Twitter accounts uh, that have made it through some of your previous purges. A significant number of Russian government-controlled uh, fake accounts uh, try to pose as Republicans, but when I try, uh, when I get them in, uh, I see obvious mistakes, including grammar, that don't make any sense if you are really a Republican. This guy sounds nuts, man. He says, also, I don't know any Republicans I've worked with on campaigns here in the U.S. that are obsessed with Ukraine and many of the accounts that are followers of the below are. Posting obscure court rulings about Ukraine, postings about Ukrainian politicians and real Republicans couldn't even care less about, etc. I also uh, noticed uh, a distinct uh, increases in their tweeting around the Iowa caucuses and the New Hampshire primary. Uh, the below are some Russian government controlled accounts that I think you will want to look into and delete. Many of the followers of these accounts are Russian controlled disinformation accounts as well. And I can provide many more Russian controlled Twitter accounts uh, uh, to you in the coming weeks. Because of the sensitive nature of my work, I would ask that you, in your discussions with others that you do not mention my name. Or if you forward the below that you take out my name. I would be happy to discuss with you in more detail on the phone if you would like, and I, would, I could set up a call with, to speak this week if that's what you want. Yeah, why would you want to f confront your confuser? I mean, uh, your uh, accuser, right? I mean, that's, uh, that's right. pretty smart. Yeah, this is, uh, he says it's sensitive but unclassified. So it, it's funny, this guy, it's like you're trying to put sensitive documents or classify, trying to classify his own stuff. I don't think you can do that. Not really. You know, you have to go through a process. And this guy's literally just reaching out to Twitter to get them to ban a bunch of random accounts because he decided that they were Russian disinformation. And I can actually go over these accounts. He actually uh, published a list here. It's, uh, can I ask a question really quick? Sorry, I sure. don't want to cut you off, but I was just making sure no, that you guys invited um, Matt Taibbi to the space. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be coming in in a bit. Yeah. Okay, just making yeah. sure. Another Thanks. invite won't hurt, though, Tara, if you want to send it. <laughs> That's true. Charming <laughs> so what, what have yeah. we... Uh, so the, uh, what, which number are we up to, Ian? Mm -hmm. uh, we are at number 10. Ah, cool. Number 10. Yeah. yeah. So we're halfway there. And I'll read the uh, Twitter accounts that he wanted banned. Uh, one is... Uh, I'll just read their names. Bravo2xray, uh, Thunderstruck1, you know, as in uh, Peter Struck, uh, Harry Go, uh, Cute24, Anon7076, John, Rochelaw1, Three numbers, spicy noodles underscore three, silenced underscore sanity, Mimi middle class, Russia hack site, Guccifer to ha uh, Henry, Kenyans for Pete, and 15 pounds to go. So, I mean, this seems like a lot of meme accounts, really. Yeah, there's no evidence of Russians. Um, I don't even recognize any of these names. Like, uh, I think I've seen one of them before. Uh, Might have been, uh, uh, what is it, the Mimi middle class or something? It's just a meme account. Uh 
So number 11, a government official writing from a State Department email asks to delete 14 accounts that are engaged in legitimate speech uh, and which no evidence is shown that they're Russian control or even bots. In fact, we at Racket, um, Racket's where uh, Matt Tybee works, I guess, uh, know some of these people. So they actually are Americans, yeah. <laughs> a clear First Amendment issue. Uh, I noticed that there were many crazy requests in Twitter records from officials wanting foes taken off of Twitter, with Californian Adam Schiff's effort to ban a reporter and stop any and all search results about a staffer making Angus King's spreadsheet gambit look a bit tame. And so this is Adam Sh- uh, Adam Schiff, uh, and this is an email, I guess, from his office, uh, I think, or either Twitter. So it says, hi, uh, blank name, I met with blank name from PP and flagged the attached analysis in the House Permanent Select Co- Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff's office, for your review. And feedback related to alleged harassment from QAnon conspiracists against a staffer, blank name. Would like to get your thoughts on our ability, if any, to support this request. Of note, uh, from SP has reviewed this request and consulted with blank name from SI. Below is her, her initial feedback on the request. So this is the request where it reads, and this is from Adam Schiff's office. Remove any and all content about Mr. Misko and other committee staff from its uh, service, including quotes, retweets, or reactions about that content. So, you know, they wanted to literally ban anyone even reacting to this. And then uh, Twitter responded saying, no, this is not feasible. We don't do this. Another request is suspend the many accounts, including at Greg Rubini and at Paul Sperry, for journalists, right, uh, which have repeatedly promoted false QAnon conspiracies and harassed the black name. Uh, uh, and then Twitter said in response, we'll review these accounts again, but I believe uh, blank name mentioned only one actually qualified for suspension. Uh, another request reads, suppress any and all search results about blank name and other committee staff. Twitter responded saying, no, we don't do this. If it is related to QAnon, it should already be deamplified. Another request, stop the spread of future misinformation on Twitter about blank name and other committee staff who are not public figures and who are not central actors in the impeachment inquiry or the 2020 presidential election. Twitter responded saying, uh, no, we don't have a general misinformation policy. And final request was, label and reduce visibility of any content about blank name that Twitter does not remove for the reasons cited above. And Twitter replied saying, uh, no, we don't do this. These are, these are all internal responses from Yul Roth, I believe. Um, and he's basically saying, no, you can't do this. So number 13. The fact that mainstream outlets ignored the shift story but howled about Tegan, Chrissy Tegan, shows what they're about. Responses like this are designed to keep blue-leading audiences especially focused on moronic partisan spats, obscuring bigger picture narratives. Number 14. The real story emerging in the Twitter files is about a ballooning federal censorship bureaucracy that's not aimed at either the left or the right per se, but as a whole, at a population as a whole of outsiders who are being systematically defined as threats. Beginning in March, we'll start using the Twitter files uh, to... Oh, in March, so this is what's happening in the future. He says here, beginning in March, we'll start using the Twitter files to tell this larger story about how Americans turn their counterterrorism machinery against themselves to disastrous effect through little-known federal agencies like the Global Engagement Center, the GEC. Um, I think the name redacted has some details on those guys. So number 16, until then, if you found yourself on King's list, please send a DM or write to racket.news. I'm on vacation next week, but we'll mock up and Angus King told Twitter I was suspicious and all I got was this lousy t-shirt uh, shirts when I get back. So they're going to actually send out t-shirts to anyone who was on his list. That's pretty funny. Uh, number 17, thanks to Twitter Files contributors like uh, Michael Schellenberger and LH Fang, Lee Fang, and also thanks to uh, Racket researchers. Searches were performed by a third party and any material 
uh, and material may have been left out. So that's uh, that's uh, that's done with this Twitter file. So let me see if he's got any updates here. Um, yeah, he's got a tiny updates saying that mentions immigration may be the funniest explanation I've seen a politician give for why a Twitter account is suspicious. And one of the funniest things about Senator Angus King's suspicious accounts list is why they seem to think that Zero Hedge is a bot. So they thought Zero Hedge was a bot. Yep. So yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's done with uh, this uh, Twitter files drop. Just going through the the first couple as well. Um, what's your so for anyone that joined late, including myself, because I was inviting speakers. Um, wh- what's the summary? What, how would you summarize? By the way, I see Kim on stage as well. Kim, good to have you. Been a while. We're back to the good old. By the way, Mari, your audio is very low. <laughs> oh, really? Is it better now? A little uh, bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's better. A little closer. Oh, weird. Okay, usually uh-huh. it's too loud. This is the first time. Oh, it's much better now. Oh, oh, there good. you go. That's better now. Um, yeah. So, so Perfect. for anyone that came yeah. in late. What would you summarize? How would you summarize the Twitter files? What did we see here? Because I got bits and pieces of it as I was inviting other speakers. Right. And I know other audience members came in late. Okay, so two points. One, uh, Angus King and the State Department guy, uh, you know, sent a bunch of lists to Twitter uh, to get them to ban accounts. And they claimed, you know, falsely that these are all Russian disinformation, Russian bot accounts, when really it was their own constituents, it was people who were criticizing them people who followed their rivals. Uh, they gave no justification whatsoever to ban any of these accounts. I don't think Twitter acted on it, but this it shows that, uh, you know, politicians were using Twitter to try to, su- to suppress any sort of criticism of themselves. And, that, and, and the media and did not so, cover okay, it. So Angus King, that's the senator, was personally sending requests yep. to Twitter to remove information, correct? Correct, yeah. 354 accounts to be exact. Okay, did he give... People and, who followed okay, his rival he, or anything. Did he... People that were following his rival. Yeah, that's literally the justification. Yeah, that's how they determine that a person's a Russian so bot. Is... You followed my rival, you must be a Russian bot. Yeah. Okay, this is. Did he give a proper explanation on why? That what was his excuse? Okay, so we're implying that it was tiny, tiny explanations. Yeah. So you mentioned immigration once. That means you're a Russian bot. You tweet more than twenty times a day. You're a Russian bot. You followed a rival. You're a Russian bot. You support someone, you know, like uh, Rand Paul, for instance. I, I don't think Rand Paul and Angus King are friends. You, you, you retweet Rand Paul. Oh, you're a Russian bot. And this, <laughs> so this is starting to demonstrate, you know, we've talked about this before, where, where do you draw the line? Like if you start censoring things that may make sense for some, but this keeps getting out of control and now someone's abusing the ability to censor. And did Twitter, do we see Twitter's yep. response to these requests? Not to all of them, uh, just the ones to Adam Schiff. And the ones to Adam Schiff, which, again, were pretty much in the same line as, as, as Angus King's, if, if not worse, uh, Twitter said, no, we will not do this. Okay, so they rejected those requests to censor. That's right, okay. yeah. That's my assumption for this for the Angus King ones, because I think that uh, these accounts are active now. So, I mean, if even if they did get censored, then... You know, obviously, Elon Musk brought them back. So okay, so we have one of the key points is Angus King uh, uh, requesting censorship of political rivals or of followers of political rivals. Uh, followers. followers of political okay. rivals, yeah, followers of political rivals, as well as a State Department guy who was also doing the same thing. He was just identifying, quote unquote, identifying Russian bots without any justification whatsoever that they were Russian bots. 
that guy did not provide any explanations. He just said, oh, I've worked in, you know, the State Department for 20 years, and, and I know how to detect Russians. And, and these guys are all Republicans. They claim to be Republicans, but I don't believe that they are, because they're talking about Ukraine, and, and no Republican is interested in Ukraine. So they must be Russian bots. That was his justification. Okay, so we got someone, that's someone from the Defense Department, correct? Uh, no, 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 State, State Department. Department. State and they Department. requested the removal of accounts, um, right-leaning accounts. On the pretext that yeah. these were, were, accounts that were talking about Ukraine, were they yeah. in, if they're talking about Ukraine, you and want were they influential remote. accounts? No, they're not. They're just people talking about Ukraine. And how many? What was the? Did I say how many? How many they requested? Uh, for uh, about fourteen or so. Uh, about fourteen of them. And according to Matt Taibbi, he actually knows some of these accounts. He actually knows them, and they're obviously not, you know, Russian bots. So if Matt Taibbi knows them, I'm assuming they would be influential, no? Otherwise, why would they remove those specific 14 accounts? What's um, the purpose? What's the agenda behind it, if there is one? Because they were talking about Ukraine. They were talking about Ukraine. So they, they want, so they're, this guy they're censoring, they're censoring the narrative here. Yeah, yeah. Basically, trying to, I, I don't know. You know, like, if you talk about Ukraine, you must be a Russian bot, right? I don't know, Mario. My read on this particular email from Mark L- Lindsay specifically is that he's a guy who's kind of, you know, he feels like he can sense based on his experience of what not of what a Republican would talk about, uh, that these accounts based on what he's observing as a pattern is uh, they're, you know, fake Republicans or fake accounts. Um, and it seems to me like he's just coming out of a, you know, bad bias and he's in bad knowledge and not like a lack of expertise and he's providing these names. I don't know that it's like this, you know, I don't know if he can prove that it's because he wants to get rid of, you know, a specific. But that's not even the state department's function, right? I mean, the, the biggest thing from this drop is not only is the surveillance state through the DHS, you know, involved, but you literally have the state department, the U S senators, uh, congressmanship. I mean, this is a big issue. This is not in any of their uh, duties or powers to be doing this to American citizenry or free speech. I mean, this is this is what the issue is. I mean, we, they give as much transparency no. as they want. If there's no accountability, then it's more of the same. I think he just kind of decided, I'm going to do this on my own. I don't even think that if it, it, at least the way that I'm reading it, it didn't feel that he's doing it in this like very official capacity, but he is doing it from obviously, you know, a state government uh, email, so you know he he shouldn't be doing it, but he is. Um, but I don't think it's coming. You know, I don't think he's operating on in this very official capacity. No, I wasn't just talking about that specific instance. I mean, they, they referenced the U.S. senator, they referenced shift staff. I don't believe he was the only person from the State Department to apply pressure. I mean, this is uh, you know extra legal means. Uh, to censor American free speech. I mean, either way, no matter how you sugarcoat it, uh, this is not a good thing, especially if your tax dollars are being uh, weaponized against you. Well, and you've got Angus King going against his then-opponent on the ballot. I mean, that's huge. That's really huge. That's really big, yeah. That one, yeah, that one is is like a new red line that's being crossed, in my opinion, because it's one thing about to censor a narrative, um, uh, which again, we all don't agree with it. But when you're starting to censor for personal gain, or what we saw earlier, what we're probably going to see with the Fauci files, financial gain. I think we saw that earlier in one of the file drops, where it was censorship for financial gain. It's Pfizer, I mean, yeah, that was Pfizer. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. By the way, is my audio okay before we go to? Pure? Yeah, it's fine. 
It's fine. A little bit louder, so it's, it's doing all right. But, okay, am I the only one that missed on a Twitter file drop, too, where they literally stated that they just ceded censorship authority, or I guess authority on moderation to the U.S. intelligence community? Like that? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, that. that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty on the nose, the fact that that's actually stated. I'm just uh, hoping I wasn't, like, going crazy and, you know, just seeing the detail. Yeah, Malcolm, what you're seeing tonight is, is just a reiteration of, uh, and they have various emails where they were saying, you know, take the lead of whatever we get from the intelligence community. That They, they were doing that on a regular basis. Uh, when somebody just said um, that, that they're censoring for personal gain, what is the personal gain aspect here? Well, the one guy who was talking about uh, the Havana syndrome, he's claimed injuries and ability to get disability, et cetera. So he asked to basically censor accounts that said it was fictional or made up, which is insane, right? I mean, just looking at recent history, uh, eliminating concerns about the COVID vax. I mean, if the state can do this, they could have silenced concerns about depleted uranium shells. They can silence concerns regarding, you know, any subject to control the narrative. Uh, Even Ohio, right? Oh, the Ohio thing. I mean, like, what happens when you have people in the government yeah, who, who decide, oh, we can't talk about it it's because, you know, this makes this train company look bad and we have investments in it. I mean, this is a personal game. Well, by the way, take this back to the Bush administration. When the Bush administration, let's say we had social media heavy at the time in the lead up to the Iraq war, and you've got the Bush administration uh, reaching out. I mean, let's just if that that had been the case then and which, which bush which iraq war are you talking w or hw w Doesn't and matter. let's say that uh the the wmd questions were coming in there and uh people had uh, the investigative reporters had found out that it was all a lie you know which wasn't easy to disseminate them but someone had tried and then the bush administration is uh shutting it down there i mean that that's the kind of level of stuff that we're talking about here. And Angus King doing this against a political opponent on the ballot. I mean, this is just freaking crazy. That was just, and notice the nonchalant but, but, nature. But Jim, Jim, but it failed, no? It failed. So Twitter did not accept. They just tried and it failed. So it kind of shows the system, at least in this case, the system worked, no? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a limited peek in, Mario, right? This is, they're basically is issuing. It, but is it, is it a limited and... peek in? It's a They've been other things. Link. They yeah, like they, they did. Let's just put it this way: fifty percent of the accounts that were reported got banned. Fifty percent weren't right because in some oh, in instances, which, in which in which case, in, in case all case. these altogether, altogether. Let's just say altogether, right? The, anything that was forwarded to them to Twitter by the State Department at the time or by the FBI, those accounts were banned. They've been unbanned since, but those accounts were banned, and some of them still are. Like there's a guy who was is in my replies. Thing that my account is still banned. My account is still banned. Elon hasn't unbanned me yet. You know, he's one of the, the one of the first names that showed up in one of the previous Twitter files. He was marked incorrectly as a bot, and he wasn't. So a lot of accounts were actually banned. They did act on this. It, the ones that we're seeing right now, they may not necessarily have done so, but in a lot of other previous instances, they have. So we we can't just say, oh, Twitter didn't do it because it did. Right? It's just the ones that were marked by say Hamilton sixty eight. Those were not banned, but others were. Well, and by the way, one thing I want to point out here that's very interesting. Notice the nature of the email that Angus King sent. Like, he it, it, it he was on the Intelligence Committee in the Senate, by the way, and I think he still is. But um, you, they're, they're just sitting here saying, hey, I've got these problems, and I want to shut it down. And that's why he showed the Adam Schiff thing there. I mean, think about this process that these guys are considering. They're talking to the intelligence 
community as well and Congress, the ones that sit on the Intelligence Committee. And they're just nonchalantly saying, hey, we got this problem, go shut it down. They see that they are able at least to get something of an end with this. Once people in in uh, you know in D.C. feel like they have this sort of power, then they're going to keep using it over and over again. Some people just to try to cover their backs, but others because they're really into the psyop of this. Well, there are no rules that say there are no Mm -hmm. rules that say, "Hey, you can't you can't do this," right? And I think there should be rules that say this is the standard. If you make a request of Twitter or any other social media platform, these should be the rules and the guidelines. Otherwise, you cannot make the request. You should only be able to make these requests if your you know if if it meets meets these requirements, you know you know, and you set them up, and there should be some process there. It's well, even then they were fudging the requirements, though, and that's the problem is that they were using nebulous claims, which have been corroborated by media bros about Russian disinformation. So yep. they, well, they'll they fudge whatever they need to. And no, Catherine's correct. Catherine's correct. There should be like three months of, of investigation before any request can be made. So if there's like a nuclear issue, it should go probably through at least three months of, of, of review before any request can be made. Guys, well, foolish. So keep in mind, one thing I want to give shed a little light on having worked in D.C., it, it is really important, particularly in the administration, but definitely in the legislative branch, too, that you not have people with power in Washington, D.C., seeking to specifically bypass clearly stated rights that are available to Americans in the Constitution. So this would be something, in the case of Angus King and others, that should be going in front of ethics committees in the House or the Senate, depending on if it's the someone in the House or there. Because they're u- literally utilizing their power and influence and knowledge to sh- shut down speech that they might find problematic. This is a a huge problem in Washington, D.C. We've got uh, um, rules and laws and ethics. You know, you go to the Hatch Act for political purposes, which, by the way, there would be a Hatch Act violation if you had someone in the administration for political purposes trying to do this. There, there are there are laws in the books that, that really are designed to restrict this sort of activity. But the difference here, Jim, is that instead of saying they're not saying that the speech isn't allowed, they're saying these are bots, fake accounts that are making this speech. So I think you have to have a burden of proof to show that these are indeed uh, bots, which is why there should be a much, much more intense process. uh, And like Fidgetal said, where they need to to really the burden of proof has to be much higher within a legal framework, really, before they are able to go and approach uh, social media. And it's the same thing for maybe deplatforming like if you want to deplatform let's say uh you know a terrorist group or i mean there should be some cases where i think that that should be reasonable to do but again that that there should be a legal barrier so that you have a legal framework within which to do that so you can't just say well that's that's a bot right uh versus somebody's free speech so i think one thing to have somebody exercise their free speech you know say to support Russia or criticize Russia, whatever, uh, versus, you know, a, a, a orchestrated bod doing that, which I do think is a different situation. 
Well, but even so, I, I I totally get what you're saying. But but listen, process and what they they shouldn't even be considering anything like this. Like even if they think it's a bot, how, and how would they know from Congress? No member of Congress, unless they got something from someone in the administration that does research on this stuff, would know that something was a bot. And the that administration can't illegally. You can. They got it from you Hamilton sixty, and you said to justify banning a whole bunch of people, which but, is absolutely but, but, ridiculous. Listen, but but uh, yes, you're right. Can they technically legally? Yeah. How did they get the information? They got it from someone in the administration. <laughs> and and that person in the administration may or may not know. No, I, I would tell you that from an ethics perspective in the House of Representatives as well as in the Senate, just from my experience of things, and I'm and, you know, people get by with things, don't get me wrong. But I'm, what I'm saying is this is a very clear ethics violation. If you're wanting to shut down any of these accounts, and we're finding out more and more that the the uh, I, I don't know of one real accusation of a bot that we there might be out there in the Twitter fires, but not one of them that that we have found to be valid. They, they for the most part, the, the, they're not the, valid. Uh, quick, quick, quick program. comment. So someone mentioned uh, um, first. I've got a few more questions for Ian. I know Piotr has been waiting for a while, and I want to ask him uh, for his thoughts. But before that, just someone mentioned about the First Amendment. Uh, if someone's referring to those accounts as Russian bots, by the way, Joa Santos, thanks for, for helping me out with this. Um, so if someone mentioned uh, if someone is a Russian bot, they're not protected by the First Amendment. So just Yeah, but they're Americans, though. They're Americans. The, these accounts are Americans. So, of course, they're protected by the First Amendment. You can't just accuse but someone of being a bots. Russian bot. They're not yeah, bots, This though. is a hypothetical that didn't exist. Let's let's go. Go. Why are we literally not bots? That did not exist. Let's go. Let's go to what Catherine said. It's it's it's, it's, it's ridiculous ago. to say that. Well, Vag accuse you of being a bot, therefore you lose your First Amendment Ian. rights. No, That's no, ridiculous. Bots saying... lives matter, guys. Um, bots yeah, yeah, bots lives matter. ChatGPT is sentient, guys. But and let's just, just to clarify, we're not talking about, but like, when I'm saying that, I'm, I'm saying like, you have to prove that it's really a bot. If it's a person, it's a person. That's a very different thing. So, yes, oh, I, these I agree people with were, I, yeah, I yeah. think you, you have to prove that it's a bot, but the problem is they have no way of proving it's a bot. And the, the proof, you know, well, the organization that they tried to get, exactly, yeah, the organization that they that they tried to get to prove it, right, because they wanted some backup, right? It was Hamilton 68, which is this intelligence uh, community nonsense. They were not transparent about how they determined a person's a bot. They just, again, claim a person's a bot and later proven, you know, disproven that any of these people were bots uh, at all. Yeah, so let, let me let me lay something just, really clear do, here. Listen. Do you mind if I ask, Jim, do you mind if I ask a quick question for Ian and then I'll give you the mic and then we'll go to Piotr. Just want to just wanna make sure there's nothing else I'm missing, Jim, to, for an overview. Is that okay? It's going to take a second. Um, Ian, yeah, yeah, go my, ahead. My, my mic is yeah, okay. Yeah, your mic is fine. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. All right, so so you told us, I am just want to make sure I don't miss anything with this job, and just for the, yep. it will help the audience as well. So we saw the senator that requested um, uh, uh, followers of his rival to be blocked. Twitter seems yep. to have refused that request, but it just shows um, a, an abuse of power. To this example, for, with, in the purpose, with the purpose of censoring. Then we saw yep. someone from the State Department requesting... Um, quote unquote Russian bot accounts or accounts he thinks are Russian bots to be suspended because of the the narrative that they had uh, relating to the Ukraine war, which means that this is very no. It wasn't recent. about the war. It wasn't about the war. This is this is not recent. This is from prior the, to the war. Uh, yeah, prior to the war. This is a year or two prior to the, the war. Yeah, election. this is the election, right? It's not the war. It's to do with the twenty election. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So these, this, these are, by the way, anyone requesting to speak, please DM me so we can, because uh, we won't see all the requests. 
And for the audience, we're going to go through the questions now for whatever you have, any comments that you have. We're going to go through them in a couple of minutes. Um, so other than those two things, I know it's a very short drop, Ian, so we won't take too long. Anything yeah. else um, that was uh, mentioned well, that would be worth noting? Well, hold on. I, I need to clarify something. We were right, having Jim. a discussion earlier about whether members of Congress can do this stuff. This is a really, really important thing, guys. <laughs> I just I, I don't know how to emphasize it enough. There is no circumstance whereby a member of Congress knows anybody's a bot. The only way you could know it's a bot is if you were in Twitter and Twitter could show you specifically how this thing became a bot. And, and, and what I'm, well, the point I want to make is it is very possibly illegal. It is absolutely unethical for any member of Congress to ask any entity, private, any private entity to stop anybody's speech for any purpose. Like there's no, how's it, how's it, Jim, how's it illegal? Well, well, it's potentially illegal if there's a Hatch Act violation, which does apply to people in Congress, but it is unethical because it's also potentially illegal because people have an absolute First Amendment right. You cannot put prior restraint on First Amendment issues. The only time that, that anything like that can happen is if there's real criminal activity already um, found. Jim, it's Jim, it's Jim, it's not pri- it's, Jim, it's not prior. They're not deleting accounts. They're halting accounts that they believe might might infringe or otherwise cause a threat. In fact, I would say the opposite. I would say that it might actually be a, a much more legitimate uh, approach to have a, a, no. a, a cap a cap on threats to, to national security. Who decides those threats? Being against the Ukraine war is a threat to national well, security. Wanting to focus on our border is a threat of national security. You're looking at the actors who've played a role in two years in mass censorship and have been shown to have lied to you multiple times. And you're saying, well, yeah, I'm still going to trust them this time. If we make some new rules, they won't try to circumvent them or break them outright. Like, I don't think people here realize how corrupt these institutions have become, and they're in office to basically well, uh, secure our rights. When you say that this shouldn't be done, uh, the Bill of Rights limits the government very particularly in regards to this. And when you have members of Congress reaching out to corporations that they regulate and they can cripple through regulations or other type of regulatory framework, investigations, etc., this is a big, big issue. This is not something that's going towards... I want to ask one question, and I'll I'll go to Piotr because he's been waiting way too long. He's been very, very nice today, uh, being so patient. But Piotr, I have a question for you before, uh, before... Piotr, because I bring him up. uh, Sorry, you got to bring him up. He's literally right next to you. Piotr is right there. You don't have to worry about bringing him up. Yeah, I know. I know. Piotr is there. Um, So, so Fidgetal, the question to you and for the audience, I think people underestimate how dangerous um, censorship is. I'll tell you why. I've been going deep into AI, and I'm asking this question to Fidgetal because he has as well. The tech and Catherine as well. She's there. Yeah, Catherine as well. And the technology is fucking insane. Like, if we cannot censor what an AI could do or say, then we're in deep trouble. We've got a, a, an entity, um, not a living being, but an entity that's smarter than us, more capable than us, that has no limitations. Then the question is, if we do censor, who decides what to censor? And that person that's deciding what to censor will have a crazy amount of power because, you know, soon we'll be talking to AI and there's predictions about us talking 
wanting to talk more to AI than to humans because AI will customize their response to us. They'll listen to us more. It'll just be a better experience than talking to a human. Already in customer service, some people enjoy the experience with an AI than a, than a human being. So if we enjoy listening to AI more, we enjoy interacting more with it, and that AI gets censored a certain way, that can have significant influence um, on the narrative, significantly more than we have today. So so question Fidgetal is, do you, am, I, am I overdoing it by taking it this seriously? Isn't it getting more serious? And isn't the concern that Jim is echoing valid? I would actually say quite the opposite, right? So um, th- there's there's an interesting kind of um, legal or, or logical uh, approach to, to discussions, right? There's the slippery slope argument, and then there's the exact opposite of a slippery slope argument, right? So there's if we if we allow this, then it'll lead to this, this, and this. But then there's the exact opposite argument. That says, well, wait, see, so you don't believe in the slippery I'm slope. I'm in the argument. middle of talking. Thank you. C- culturally, the slippery slope. I'm in the middle of prodigal. Prodigal. I'm in the middle of talking. Thank you. What I'm <laughs> trying you. to say is what I'm trying. To, I, I know, right? You give me one show and I fucking go off. Um, no, it's really. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm in New York and I'm trying to avoid loud noises in the background. What I'm trying to say is, uh, we need to have. We need to have step-by-step approaches to understanding what we're doing and why we're doing. So to blatantly and, and across the board say uh, the government can never say anything to any private institution as to what information should or shouldn't be coming out is in your own minds and your own knowledge patently false. The question is, National are they over, are they overreaching? Are they easy, overreaching? Easy, easy. Right, they right. are. Just, just, they are. For just years let me finish. Prodigal. Guys, guys, uh, guys, 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 guys. Prodigal, you got, we got these strong guys here. Um, all right, Fidra, I'll let you finish off, and uh, and Prodigal, I'll let you respond. Thank you, Prodigal. I'll, I'll, I'll be kind and, and, and nice if you let me finish, and, and then I'll let you finish, and we'll be very nice. The, my, my point is this. Um, should a government at any point actually govern uh, information that is um, – and at the core, what we're saying is, should they be governing information that has no general pu- uh, public interest? Absolutely not. We're all in agreement, right? The question then becomes is, do we spin up, or, or in reverse, do we say that the government should never have any input in information? I think we'll both agree. Absolutely not. There is, There, there are uh, absolutely important times when, if it is a bot, right? We're agreeing. We don't know if it's a bot or not. But if it is a bot, and it's providing false information we should have we should have implements to stop it right so all i want to do is step back and say and go and going to mario's exact point is we just started deep fakes ai hasn't even hit hit quantum computing mechanics at this point it's it's going to go berserk so do we have to have deeper uh, controls from a government perspective i believe we do i don't believe we are prepared to moderate ourselves um this panel specifically yeah, but Fidgetal, listen, first of all, we, we got to lay some more groundwork here. One, there is no basis by which the government, any government entity in the United States, may place a prior restraint on free speech and anything in the First Amendment. Am I, am I correct about that? You agree with you me? You do not have free speech in a private entity. So stretch oh, it out, on. Jim. I got you it. Know. But, but, but hey, Fidgetal. But we're, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a senator, a United States senator. I'll, I'll, Jim, I'll, I'll, I'll be fair. I'll be fair, and I'll answer your questions exactly how you're asking them. So uh, let's start again, 
Okay. I apologize. Okay. Ask your question. Government may not place a prior restraint on the, the free speech, anything in the First Amendment, correct? Correct. The correct. government. Okay. Now, we also should agree that the uh, uh, yelling fire in a crowded uh, movie theater is not the law <laughs> based upon uh, that was just an example that Oliver Wendell Holmes used in a case related to speech. Would you agree with that as well? You would agree with me that it's not that that, that cut and dry, correct? I understand that, but I'm getting somewhere. Thank but you. You understand it. No problem. Things. For the most okay. part, yes. Okay. So here, so here's the point. Now, there's another issue, and it goes to the privacy of the platform. It is Twitter's job, not the federal government's. Would you agree to deal with bots on their platform? Yes or no? Are you there? You're you're uh, muted, or is it me? Does everyone? No, hear I can me? hear you. He's muted. I can hear. You. He's muted. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So I'll so make the point. The fact yeah, is, make the it's, point, up to, Jim. Yeah. it's up to it's up to Twitter to manage the bot situation. It is not up to the federal government under any circumstances. The and and the only time that the federal government ever has a right even to stop a bot on Twitter space. Is if, is if they have a warrant for that purpose. Like that's the whole point here. Twitter does not have, Twitter has a right to manage their platform under the laws of the United States government. No one in the federal government has any right whatsoever to stop any speech of any sort. By the way, I would maintain even bot speech unless they absolutely know. And that means they can't do bot speech because if they want to stop bot speech, just since we're on this line of argument, then they must do so with a warrant that they've gotten from a court of law. You cannot have a United States senator or anyone in the federal government or anyone in the state governments or local governments going to a platform and saying, you got to stop this person because we said so, unless they've got a warrant from a court. This is this is the uh, problem and the, the, the clear line that we're not drawing in this circumstance. This is why, even though it's a small drop and it doesn't seem as big as the other ones, it's significant. This United States senator attempted to stop his political opponents and felt he had the ability to potentially do so. By the way, by sending a list of 354 people, so it might be hard to to uh, you know he figure out him which off, one Jim. He, he ran away. He ran away. No, no, he jumped out. The, the connection cut out. Connection oh, cut that's out. probably I what do, happened. I do, that's I do, why I didn't respond to I do, me. I do, but, I do just quickly. I, I do want to. Uh, I want to go to Piotr, man. Uh, Ian, was there anything else? Because I asked a question earlier. Was there anything else that was mentioned beyond those two key points? Just so I make sure that there's nothing else we're missing. No, I think uh, Jim uh, summed it up perfectly. I agree. I agree. All right. So just make sure there's nothing else missing in the drop. Um, Jim, I'll let you finish it off and then I'll let Piotr jump in. Yeah, no, and I'm curious to hear what he has to say too. But yeah, so no, this is this is the point that we're going through here. So the United in many there's no there is no authorization anywhere in the United States for censorship. Period. You're circumventing the, first, the law, right? That's the issue. Right? They're circumventing the law. I mean, normally when a when a police like when the police want to shut down an account, say a, the account of a mass shooter that's posting its manifesto before it goes on a shooting rampage or even after it does so and it's trying to inspire other people, they have to go through the court, 
right? They go to a court, they get a subpoena, uh, the subpoena gets sent to Twitter or Facebook or wherever, and those guys will, will deal with it and they'll pull it down usually, right? 100% of cases right. I've seen, that's what happens. That is the system working because that's the law. You, the police can't just send Twitter an email and say, hey, uh, can you ban all these accounts because we suspect that they may be up to no good? No, they need a fucking subpoena to do it. And so when you have a senator or a State Department official circumventing all of these systems, all of these laws that are already in place to prevent that sort of government overreach, uh, that's, in my opinion, that, that is illegal, right? At the very minimum, it is extremely unethical for them to do so. No, but if you write some more rules, they're going to obey it. I mean, the people who house these institutions, I mean, they're not corrupt uh, political actors. They're, they're, they're going to listen to some new laws. Yeah, right. I'm not certain that, that and, and Ian, there may be something illegal with it, but there is certainly something unethical. And, and, I, and, and the thing is, if we do not hold these people accountable for their actions and what they are doing to restrain speech, Again, we can if if the if the government was not involved with any of this, it would still be bad in my opinion. But but the badness is such that we need to hold these private actors, Twitter, Facebook, and all them, accountable for what they're doing and make us think about it in the public. But when you've got government actors in here, we have gone way past the line. There's and you you if if you want a state that allows its political leaders to influence others to stop speech, then you have a problem. If you have private it's actors... A, it's, a, it's a big speech, problem. It it's, a, it's, a, it's a massive problem when, you know, the, the people like Angus King, as you said, uh, they, they're on the Intelligence co- uh, com- Committee in the Senate, have the ability to, uh, to, you know, basically fuck Twitter and to fuck any social media company. That's a big problem because they are leaning on these platforms, these private entities to do what they want without explicitly saying so, right? But they can do that. They can literally take action and shut down these uh, companies and, and, you know, uh, using, you know, antitrust laws and things like that to basically pressure them into doing what they want. That's the issue, right? Which which companies, Ian, which companies have they shut down? No, I'm saying they have the ability to do so. No, no, which ones have they shut down? Individuals. Microsoft, like fucking 20 years ago? No, they didn't shut Microsoft down. They they stop uh, anti-monopoly uh, uh, points. Yeah. And they're doing that. They're doing that right now. But again, I I just like to parse out the lines, right? I'm just saying that Should... they have the ability to do so. That's the danger in it because these companies realize that if they say no to a senator who has the ability to do that to influence committee decisions, they're going to lean, you know, in the direction of that person, right? That's the, that's a problem. It's, a, it's an abuse of power. But what's well, a better infrastructure? Know, to... What's a better infrastructure? Like. Where in any other country, we wouldn't even get this information because it wouldn't be documented. They would yeah, know. No, that, okay. they can't. that doesn't make it okay. No, no, no. Just name a better infrastructure. Oh, no. We already have. Hey, we already have the infrastructure, Fidgetal. It's called a warrant. It's called habeas corpus. I mean, that is the infrastructure. And we need to be strict about requiring habeas corpus, requiring that any government official who feels that someone is doing something wrong. I mean, the FBI should be going to the DOJ. Okay, we did this investigation. We think these are bots. We think that they're doing nefarious things. They go to the DOJ. A DOJ lawyer runs to a, a, a court and says, here's what uh, our investigation found out. We think that this is a problem. And then the court should only be able to say, okay or no. <laughs> and that's well, the- here's the thing, Jim. 
you, you, here's the thing. So I agree. I think there should be absolutely a standard of proof. And I think it should be done through the legal system. But we are living in this digital age where we have these social media platforms, we have bots, we have maybe foreign a- agents interfering genuinely, right, who are paid and, and they and they orchestrate campaigns. I don't think that the government or senators and things like that should be able to just say, come go to Twitter or other social media platforms and say, okay, do this based on, on no evidence or or weak evidence it should be done through the court system but i what i think is that we need to build new frameworks through which we do this rather than relying on old frameworks because it's probably not realistic to do that through these old uh frameworks for social media companies especially for something like uh you know hundreds or thousands of bots for example right to prove every single bot in the same way that you would do you know, for acquiring warrants or things like that. So you have to well, kind of get a tech no, committee. You have to build. Nope. You've, who, you're saying no. Assumption. No, you're I'm, I'm just saying no. Because that, this is ridiculous. Because like, if you're going to compile a list, whether it's a five people or a 10,000 people, you have to prove each and every single one. You can't just put people on the list and say, hey, let's just ban all of them because we, can't, we don't have the time. Let me throw in here. So there's something more fundamental here, Ian. You're making two presumptions, Catherine. The first presumption is that the the attempts, which we know has happened from foreign entities to put bots on social platforms to influence opinion, you're making the assumption that that's been effective. No one has proven that it's been effective. It has been proven that there are bot farms that try to do this stuff. No one has ever proved that it's actually effective. In fact, I would argue... You're not, you're not legitimately <laughs> saying that out loud. You're not I am legitimately saying, saying that out loud. Because oh, so you, you haven't read the NYU effective. study on the Russiagate hoax, Fidgetal? Uh, I'm sure you've hey, read hold that, on, right? hold on, hold on. Let me, let, me, let me make this point, Prodigal. Hold on, because I want to address this. I would argue that the FBI's effort to shut down the Hunter Biden laptop story is 10, 20, 30, maybe 100 times more effective than anything Russian bot farms have ever done. I'm not saying it has no influence, but I'm saying there, no one has proved that it has strong influence. So let's, let, let's, shut down the, let's shut down the entire story. Hunter Biden's a fucking degenerate. Uh, Joe Biden is, 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 is a, 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 a ploy and a con, as every politician is. Where does this story go next? Well, no, have no, you no, looked at on, the polling post-election showing Prodigal, how people would have voted? Prodigal, I mean, Prodigal, why don't you connect the dots, Digital? Prodigal, give me a minute. What, the, the, what, the, val- the validity of the story and the validity of the information on the laptop in terms of what its real significance is, is irrelevant to the point I'm making. The point I'm making is this. Functionally, we've got, if we have two things here, we have Russian bots uh, that get placed on social media platforms to put out certain kind of information. And then uh, the U.S. government via the FBI going and convincing social media platforms to shut down the, the Hunter Biden laptop story, whatever the, the actual significance of it is. I'm telling you to affect elections, the Hunter Biden laptop thing was far more effective than Russian bots. No one has proved Russian bots go there. That's the first pronunciation. So, so Jim, 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 can I interrupt for just one second? Yeah. Only because I've never, I've never heard this spoken on the stage. H- have we talked about the, the complaint made against Donald Trump, Jeffrey Epstein, um, and a bunch of other people that was, that was laid prior to the election that got destroyed, but you can still find it online. That is sickening 
to to the umpteenth degree. Have you, and this is actually so. This is not supposed to be divisive. Jim, have you read that complaint that was filed in, in district court? I haven't. And if it's significant, it's been shut well, down. Well, no, Jim, 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 you haven't read it. Jim, you haven't read it. I haven't um, read all the way through it. I've read stories Ian, on it. I've not read all the way through it. No. You haven't read the complaint that that was public. Ian, oh, have you, you read the complaint? In a complaint. I mean, no, 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 no. I just asked. I just <laughs> let, asked let, if you. I just asked if you've read it. I just asked if you've read it. That's it. Yeah, no, I haven't read what's, it. What's the point of it? Are you well, trying to say that then? we Who would cares protect? What it yeah, I mean, point, I, I, the, the, what, the what's the point, point is, you're trying to make here? The point is that we have a misinformation war across the bow on both sides. And oh, if we can no get to truth that. and honesty, nobody is denying okay. that. Nobody's denying that. Okay. I'm not. No, I'm not pro Trump. Like this, this, this line of attack doesn't make any it. sense to me. Yeah, physical. Let me just say this. I think your point is incredibly useful. And the substance of these things, and whether it's coming from the left or the right. By the way, I'm convinced that most of what's happening to shut down speech on social media platforms is coming from the left and from left-influenced people in the government right now. That's the biggest part of it. But no, everyone has this motivation. It's called politics. I mean, as Ronald Reagan said, politics is the world's second oldest profession and it has many of the characteristics of the oldest one. And that's quite true. So, And that's why I brought up the George Bush example earlier, by the way. But, but here's the point. Um, so the first presumption is that Russian bots have an influence. And the second presumption that Catherine made I it, actually haven't made the presumption that you're claiming right now, Jim, so no, I don't know what. Yeah. Let, me, let me finish my point. I'll tell you why, Catherine. The reason you're making that presumption is you I think, didn't make, but I just said I didn't make the presumption, so I'd rather Catherine, stop presuming. Jim, please well, go. So, no, 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 but, but you did say that, that we got to deal with the bots. How are we going to deal with the bots? And what I'm saying is we don't need to deal with the bots. Because the second presumption that you're making is that people can't see through that. And I would say they can. Some people won't. Some people do poorly. Also, did not but, say any of these things. So, I'd rather if you didn't make presumptions about my presumptions. I don't see why bots are a problem. Besides, uh, you know, being menaces on the platform that they have to deal with themselves. I, I right, don't see why the federal government has to step in and decide. The oh, the, the bots are, are are going to are going to influence the elections. And oh my God, if we don't shut down all these people that we call bots, you know, they might rig the elections. Oh no! And I mean, they're not worried about dark than just elections and there's can you prove that implication. can you prove that, can that they have any that? influence at all yeah can you prove that can they I, have any well, influence at words, all can words have any influence at all can can anybody's words have any well, influence well, the chinese uh, uh pandem- pandemic fear porn bots were pretty effective in ginning up a lot of fear for COVID. you just said chinese fear porn bots <laughs> hold on so so um uh, ian do you think that bots uh, don't have much impact cannot have not don't cannot have much impact uh, I'm just I'm just saying that they don't have much impact. Oh, okay. Whether they can or cannot in the future, that remains to be seen. Well, right? and, and that's the thing. <laughs> okay, that's the thing, Ian. Uh, so first of all, with bots, and and I'm talking about bots in general. I'm not using them in, in a specific way in terms of elections or anything really that specific. First of all, bots, uh, you know, uh, they can be whether they're sophisticated, right? Like in the future, they may be AI bots and they may be very sophisticated. Like Ian, you just said, we don't know in the future. Yeah, that's a concern so in be, the future. Yeah. 
Yeah, Absolutely. So it might I'm become a bigger concern in the future. So that's one thing. So it may be something we might need to worry about more in the future than we do now. And whether we they affect us or not, I don't think we can prove or 100% disprove. But as the same way as words, do words influence people? Well, if they're used effectively, they can. And as somebody just said, Chinese fear porn bots or COVID fear porn bots, they affect some people who don't <laughs> other people. So, I would argue, uh, no, we don't in, have uh, a huge worry in the future for this. Because the other thing that uh, influences people, I want to come in my, is the people they decide to allow so to Jim, influence Jim, that friends and connections. Jim, I, I want to go. Yeah, sure. Go, jump in, Piotr. Thanks. Um, okay, so there's a couple, well, a few observations here. Uh, one of them being that I'm actually going to agree with Prodigal, which is amazing. Um, been listening for a while and, you know, just I, I think there's a, a few interesting things here. So one, I agree with Catherine about, you know, words have impact. After the um, uh, protests in China, the white paper protests, um, you know, we saw this influx of Chinese pornography because they were trying to inundate uh, the app of Twitter so much that it would um, overwhelm or basically drown out the uh, the videos that were being posted on the internet from around China, uh, which was a very interesting uh, lateral tactic. But this also, I want to use another international example here for this conversation, which is, you know, I've lived in D.C. for a while. And the thing that I can tell you about D.C. is it's incredibly detached from uh, the rest of America and how many people in here are feeling about it. Jim knows it, but that's because he's been there, uh, although he's left. Um, But I would say that, you know, two things come to mind for me. One, the policy question and the ethics question. We've got an overextension of big tech, which doesn't seem to have any limits. I'm concerned by sort of big mergers, right? I think Microsoft and Activision at the moment, although that's slightly different. Um, but then you've also got an overextension of government. And, and I use the EU as an example of this. So last year, around June, May, uh, the European Union really uh, published quite a big report that was basically trying to talk about uh, it's up to big tech to to to, to patrol or uh, monitor the uh, the you know the information and, and things like that. But what I think is interesting is that you know people don't want that overextension of government. So there's been a pushback against this, not just by the big tech, but, but by quite a few members of different societies in, in, in the European Union. So if for the American side of this, you know, the question is, how much do you want to go towards the EU, which is increasingly a bit like a nanny state in some things, but then does do a good job of protecting certain freedoms of speech in other ways? So it's, it's a case of balance. And the, and the last thing I wanted to point out before I pass back to you, Mario, is, um, is the role of these rather sort of secretive or rather shady unknown entities so the what was it the GEC I think its acronym is right I've never heard of that and I've lived in DC for four years and what's the the GEC for for anyone uh, the global engagement center right so it's meant to track um well Ian can you do a better job of summarizing it you read the twit files out um, yeah, basically their job is to track disinformation and bots and whatever, right? And and they were the ones who were uh, essentially sending all these lists to Twitter and other social media platforms and coordinating the censorship of mostly Americans whom they claimed were bots. That's what the GEC is, and uh, they got all their information from Hamilton 68, which, as we now know, is just... Oh, yeah, BS. of course, of course. I remember yeah, that, so it's, that, it's, that it's quite an arbitrary, basically, targeting of people but also sources of information. And I think there needs to be a better job of like standardizing how you go about targeting potential troll farms. I mean, it's not anything you're going to be able to do to prevent trolls or bots from existing on these apps. It's more simply a case of how well you can sort of channel it and, 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 and counteract it through 
better policy. But it's it, it, the balance for me comes with whose ultimate responsibility does it rest with the big tech, which means uh, overextension in that way, um, um, or or does it rest with the government? But then you want a smaller government. So which yeah. one? How do you balance that? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and, and by the way, I would maintain. The government has, and sorry, I dropped because of uh, a technical issue. I didn't even hear you, Piotr. But uh, the, 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 the federal government has zero, zero, zero uh, right to try to stop bots. That is entirely the purview but, of Wouldn't it depend on what, what those bots are doing? Yeah, so if they're breaking bots... the law, they do. I mean, the only yeah, thing exactly. I'll if say, they have a little... warrant. Mary, the only thing I'll say that, that is telling, right, is that if this was effective and done for the public good, right, the FBI and the state agencies announce any success they've had against any foreign influence operation as soon as it occurs. They haven't even really issued a statement in regards to this suppression and this censorship, which leads me to believe it's been overwhelmingly focused on Americans and political opponents domestically, etc. They're not even responding to this. They, we know it happened. We know it's clear. They could easily go to the news and say this percentage was legitimate. This addressed a, a Russian influence operation, Chinese, Israeli, whatever. They're not doing that. So to still think that these actors can be empowered just with new rules to act on your behalf. Like there needs to be repercussions. Like all this conversation prodigal, is, is prodigal, prodigal. Is Fox News talking about No. I don't know. I don't watch, no, really watch Fox News. No, no, they're not. They're not. Uh, the point is that no news is talking about it, which is the bigger issue. So the, news yeah, is the government is well, 100% well, the issue, and I agree with Frigital. Yeah, I agree, Frigidal, that the news should be talking about this. It's not. I and mean, that's the whole point of Matt Taibbi's drop today, was that I the media is not interested in covering any of this. It's not even the I mean, the drop is quite small. but Because the they're implicated in it. They're, they're just as willing actors. Yeah, no, I agree. It, 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 it's as bad as the media haven't covered it at all. Like, What's up? The UK media has even picked up on the Twitter files. So this is the first space that we've all agreed on. We've all agreed on. That it's fucked from the top. Yeah. Mario, Hey, Yeah, jump in, Jump in. Are you going to be the... Jump some Kumbaya, guys. Go ahead, Allsource. Allsource, you got to unmute, bro. No, you unmuted. You muted everybody, Mario. Oh, shit. I forgot to unmute everybody. Sorry. Also, you got to unmute. This is, yeah, this so, is, a def- so... let me show you censorship. This is censorship right now. This is me sen- joking. Okay. I'm not going to. How dare you censor us? <laughs> so, <laughs> this is... oh, yeah, exactly. Right. No. So I think, well, I do want to provide some historical context, right? So, so I think the GEC is modeled on what used to be called the State Department. I believe it's called the, um, and I, I pulled it up, the United States Informa- Information Agency, which was specifically designed to counter the Soviet Union and communist propaganda. The United States Information Agency basically models the GEC. Uh, the information agency was, again, against communism in the Soviet Union, trying to get U.S. information into, you know, the, the behind the cur- Iron Curtain. That got dissolved in 1999, and I think that was a problem. Um, I think, you know, the U.S. should continue to do against foreign and to protect us from foreign influence and target foreign audience. There should be obviously there's a wall and there should be a wall. Right. But but to, to Particle's point, there has been successful campaigns against foreign influence operations. Most of the times these are announced by private companies. I believe uh, Microsoft, for example, announced one. Actually, I would think during the during the 2020 election against an Iranian bot you know, campaign, an Iranian 
information uh, intelligence operation, information operations directed against U.S. citizens. You know, Microsoft announced that they discovered it through U.S. government cooperation and managed to shut down a lot of these information campaigns targeting specifically Americans, right? And I think one of the things is when we're talking about foreign influence propaganda into the United States, this is not a left or right issue because when you monitor Russian propaganda, right, they will have a message geared depending on the target audience in the U.S. They will specifically make propaganda efforts directed at people, let's say, that are considered themselves from the left, liberal, you know, Black Lives Matter movements, BLM, Antifa, whatever. They will direct messaging for them as they will direct messaging for people who might be considered some small conservative. They don't care in the end which party wins. They just care about if we tear each other apart and they will gear. So, so you haven't actually looked at the, the statistics. I mean, you're saying that without but, but, looking at who they specifically went against. Like, this is all theoretical bullshit. But, well, let me finish, the, Particle. Let me just let let's me just talk finish. about let what just, they and, did I, I know you were about and how we're going to fix it. Right. Let me finish. Let me finish. Because I, I, so I want to I, I want to highlight something I think is very important. Right. Because again, the. There has been successful campaigns again. And another thing that, for example, the U.S. government has done is uh, seize uh, uh, Iranian-backed groups in Iraq, their web's domains. They managed to shut it down. We've seen this against ISIS. I'm actually very critical, and, and uh, you know, I'll cover what I do, right? For example, I cover cartels, right? I, I will be the first one to say that it is what social media campaigns, social media companies do a terrible job. Like there is this black hole. When you post anything, let's say, that's like ISIS-related, they'll shut you down. But you're talking about cartels. It's free reign. I mean, Instagram is the worst. I mean, cartels will post things on Instagram all the time. I've had videos of decapitations. I have videos of uh, known cartel members posting with weapons. I can easily find videos of, of narco planes landing in remote airships, drug loading, drug consumption, them cutting up cocaine easily and just right. joking around. I mean, that, that's a little different than saying job. Zelensky's named in the Panama Papers, right? I mean, you guys are literally going to put me to sleep. You guys are going to put me to sleep. Why not actually talk about anything is, that, that has any sort of impact or import? We're all agreeing that, that it's corrupt across the board. So as, as prodigal, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to actually, I'm going to match Piotr's early statement. I rarely agree with prodigal, but prodigal, what the fuck are we, what the fuck are we going to do? What the Everybody fuck are we going to do? Let me, let me, actually, I'll, I'll go to, I'll go to Patrick and his war against mainstream media. Patrick, what, what would you answer Fidgetal? What, what the fuck do we do? <laughs> yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for bringing me on. So, like, um, I was, I was in the Twitter files, uh, the previous dump, uh, with Matt Taibbi. So I have some experience, direct experience in this area. So, so I've, I've been, uh, verified by Twitter for, I think since 2018. I got a blue badge, but I was listed as a Russian bot. Um, by Hamilton 68, and it's not trivial at all because uh, look at who runs Hamilton 68. It's a former FBI agent by the name of Clint Watts, and so he sort of made his name pushing out this uh, term active measures uh, right across the mainstream media, and that was during the 2016 election. So all of this stems out of Russiagate. That's where this was all born, this whole sort of idea active measures it like literally lifted off yuri besmanov interviews from the 80s okay i think it's it's now proven it's highly over exaggerated the new york university's uh, department on social media uh they did a study i think it was in july uh sorry january this year actually last month and they said there was no proven effect uh that there was you know russian bots or yeah i pinned it up time. yeah russian influence so i mean that I knew this, everybody else knew this, but what happened is myself, because I have views, because I write articles, I publish, I do commentary, I do reporting, I do live analysis for a number of different international media outlets, including RT at the time. By the way, 
I did live uh, analysis volunteer, wasn't paid for RT uh, since 2010, before they were a public enemy number one. They were just another uh, global international news agency. And I was covering Libya. I was weighing in on all these uh, other geopolitical events. So uh, but what happened was 2016, the, the, it was quite obvious what happened. Taibi has also fleshed this out quite well, is that there was, a, there was a crisis in the Clinton campaign during the 2016 election, and Hillary basically got caught uh, basically meddling, interfering uh, in the primaries. That came out with WikiLeaks. So instead of like facing the music on this plus the email server uh, story, the private email server, they spun this, and this was already shown to be in the Clinton campaign, and I believe even Jake Sullivan, who's currently national security advisor, was involved in uh, spinning this project up as well, along with many other people, by the way. But to create this idea that there's Russian interference, and not only that, that Donald Trump was somehow uh, being aided and abetted by the Russians and the Alpha Bank thing. He was. He, he, no, he, was. he wasn't. There was no evidence. Uh, you didn't watch the congressional hearings by uh, the social media companies. There is no, there is no evidence. Uh, they, they specifically said pre-election, any foreign influence activity was equal on both sides. And post-election, okay, okay, 90% okay, negative okay. Trump. Okay. So you just acknowledged he was prodigal. No, no. You just acknowledged that it was on both sides. Negative. But you acknowledged yeah, he was. Excuse All right, fine, guys. Go ahead, Patrick. I'd like, I'd, I'm, I'm really keen to hear your story, Patrick. Go ahead. you got to unmute. Bottom left corner, Patrick. The black, the well, blacklist. Just the blacklist. The blacklist <laughs> began before the election, okay? Right after the election, was the, the first blacklist was called Proper Not. And this was a sort of anonymous organization. It was clearly a front for a, for either U.S. intelligence or NATO or something like this. And it was basically promoted by the Washington Post, by the uh, Stanford University Knight School of Journalism fellow. And they pushed this out. It was 200 and something websites, all American, pretty much, and Canadian. And people that I know personally like that are absolutely not connected with the Russians, like Paul Craig Roberts, the former Treasury Secretary of the Reagan administration, and they're all listed as Russian agents, Russian uh, propagandists, okay? And then Melissa Zimdars was the first academic, and this was featured in the L.A. Times. I know because they put my website on that list, 21st Century Wire, and, uh, and so she put this out as a guide to other teachers of which websites to avoid to avoid fake news, not exposing their students in university. I, I've got a, I've got a question for you, yep. Patrick, if you don't mind. Why did you get censored personally? I got censored because I published some very successful analysis on especially criticizing the foreign policy record of Hillary Clinton, specifically to do with Libya. And I, I, was, I wasn't the only one, but I, I did make quite a good exposure on her role uh, in the Friends of Syria, which was basically a tour uh, throughout North Africa and the Arab League to sort of... But you got censored for that? I, I don't understand why. It's not so much being censored. And I'll tell you, the censorship is much bigger than you guys are even talking about, okay? Um, but what I did is I got put on blacklists. And once the blacklists are created, then the media go to the blacklists, and then the media can then take those blacklists. They can either do two, uh, two, two options. One of them is, and I know because I've had, I know that the Huffington Post has done this type of activity where they, tar they, they go and they call if you're speaking publicly or they'll get in touch with a social media company and say, hey, 
you've got all these anti-vaxxers. Um, are you allowing them to post in groups on Facebook or Twitter? We need to do something about that. We're going to run a story about that. CNN openly bragged about this, by the way, um, kicking off uh, mothers yeah. against autism and uh, vaccine injuries. Okay. So, and that's one thing they do. Okay. So the media is involved in this. Plus, government use these lists to give kind of an intellectual backing or to some sort of quasi-academic justification or uh, credibility uh, for um, actioning some of these uh, some of these efforts to sort of get people shut down or get people deplatformed or get them uh, Google in twenty. So you can look this up as well. This is well researched. In April of 2017, three months into Donald Trump's uh, first term. About 200-odd of these same websites that have been, um, myself included, that have been perennially on these blacklists, Global Research, Paul Craig Roberts. So does, does the blacklist, uh, Patrick, does it include a shadow ban? Uh, Mario, features? Mario, it includes 70% drop in Google organic traffic from April of 2017. Well documented. Hundreds of websites. So at the time, our business ran on uh, advertising. So we had a seventy percent drop in revenue. Tell me how many businesses could survive that? But that's so. So the blacklist is across various social media platforms and mainstream media outlets. Yeah. Well, this was exposed in Josh Hawley's uh, 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 Senate hearings, uh, where he exposed the dashboard which they share between all the Silicon Valley okay. companies. Um, I want to. That's my best. That's my best jet of source of information, by the way. Um, it's similar oh, to the files dropped from back in November, you know, when they've got that list of people to shadow ban from search results or coming up on certain appearances. It's a similar sort of uh, technique. But the point, the, the, the point is to overall to control the debate on very important topics, especially anything to do with U.S. foreign policy. And if you're doing anything that's exposing any clandestine operations on the ground um, and you're really challenging the sort of narrative, and we're talking about narratives, we're talking about your government is plowing billions of dollars into public relations, hiring the most expensive consultants in Washington, D.C. and London to do up the image of whatever, the moderate rebels, you name it. Did you just reference Josh Hawley as your source of information? Uh, yeah, public record, Senate hearings. You got a problem with that? I think everybody with brain does. Oh, yes. oh, that's that's very mature of you because that's in the public. That's that, very rich. That's yeah. in the public record. It is very rich. You should go watch the hearing because everything that he presented was factual. So if you have a political bent and you're just dismissing people because you don't like their politics, that's not this. That shouldn't be the conversation we're having here. We're talking about forensic Brian, Brian, information. Brian, what do you? I apologize. I apologize. That's my fault. So today, digital spicy. Uh, Patrick, I've got, I've got a just anybody question. but Josh Hawley, like just anybody for uh, real. Quick, quick question, Patrick, do you mind sending me through the the details on? So it seems Piotr and others know about it, but I don't. The um, the censorship or the black book, whatever you called it, across various social media platforms, which included Google, the search results censorship. Uh, the yeah, it's, it's basically Mario. It's basically like a, a list of you know certain websites, certain affiliations. So if you're working in one organization or one with another then that they can this can be across uh states it can be across various things i mean i don't agree with patrick on on much to be honest but uh he, he he's fair to say what that, don't you, know, you if you're, what do you agree with and what don't you agree with i'm curious well um uh, uh should we say from, I, I from what was well, from what was said it, just now i mean 
political well, we can, political we can, no, point no, of view. No, no, I mean, I, I don't uh, agree with um, Patrick's oh, politically. position on certain things, not oh, related okay, okay. to this specific topic. I'm just saying okay, that okay, um, yeah. on, on this specific issue... I, now, is that I, you I, personally or the World point. Bank saying this? Um, <laughs> he's, joking, he's joking. He's joking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. uh, clearly, I, I'm uh, as as the we all know, the we all know, we all know. As we, I'm, I'm the spokesman. We know that. We know. That. Yeah, so, yeah. so, Brian, what do you think of what, what Patrick just said? And that, and Patrick, please do send me the information. Like that level of censorship across different platforms. But, but you know, Fidgeter was making a, an interesting argument, Brian. Um, that you know. In some ways, and Fidgeter, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to put words in your mouth, but in some ways, like, censorship may be needed, and I think Piotr was making a comparison where it's like we're at a fork in the road where we could be heading towards a similar path to Europe, which is becoming more and more of a nanny state. Um, what's your position, man? Yeah, so so I, I think that most of us agree in here that there's definitely ethical concerns over whether it was Donald Trump or Angus King or the FBI or the Biden administration trying to convince a social media platform to remove certain content, ban certain people. So you that disagree they with them it. even trying to, to, to remove even the, their attempt to try? Cause I know Jim was pretty vocal. So, so, about so I, I, I think it's, I think it's a case by case basis based on what they were actually. Let's say, oh, okay. So, okay. So it's not illegal. So, so, if it's not illegal. So, so, yeah, any... so, 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 so my point is that, that I, I think that'll be very, very difficult for any case to be brought where they said that any of those, whether it was Trump or King or, or the FBI, overstepped and, and crossed the line and maybe infringed on people's First Amendment rights. I, I, I don't think that's... But I have a, Brian, I'm going to ask you a tough question. Can I ask you a tough question? It's a bit of digression. And, and audience members, sure. this is not too much out there. Believe me, it's not. So as AI gets smarter and smarter, I'm back to AI because I, I'll tell you why. If we don't limit it, and I'll give you an example. If we go to AI, if we go to to to, to an AI, let's say ChatGPT. No, now we're at three. Let's say it's at, we're at fifteen. We're that intelligent. You don't want anyone asking ChatGPT, "Can you please tell me how I could murder a thousand people?" This is something that should be censored because it's illegal. Okay. Yeah, but isn't that um, then, more towards the AI and not towards the actual platforms? Like, shouldn't we have better? But well, the platforms, but the platforms itself are becoming more. All these platforms are going to no. AI it's platforms, it's definitely against the AI. Against we should we should drag the AI into court. Sorry, no, we should I make apologize. better controls and regulations for the AI. Right, the automobile came out. The Stop trying to control later. stuff, so you easy, Republicans. Easy, guys, easy, it's easy, not going to do anything. Uh, Remember easy, that when so Skynet gets just, you. Brian, Brian, um, you know the point I'm making. Like, I'm just worried that it's just such a difficult predicament where I see a good argument for censorship in some cases, and I think we all agree on that. There's sometimes, you know, we don't. None of us want to see chopped heads I on don't. YouTube. You want to see chopped heads on your YouTube stream? No, hell no. And also, YouTube uh, deals with it themselves. You know, like YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. They I wouldn't say they do a perfect job getting rid of these videos, but they do get do rid of remember, them, and it's Ian, not up to that, the government to do it. Do you remember that video? Do you remember that platform? Uh, I can't remember what it was. And Brian, I'll give you the mic again. Sorry to take it away from you. So I'll give it to you right after. But Brian, uh, do you remember that platform that was like uh, – I can't remember what it was called, and it, all of it was like gory Lively. videos. Lively. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that went – someone told me it went offline a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's it's offline, yeah. Yeah, so would a website like this, should it be offline? Should the government shut down websites no, like this? absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's in the public interest. You know, if, if a platform wants to host stuff like this on their own and it's not violating any sort of a 
uh, like they're not posting, say, revenge porn, for example, it should be allowed. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with Ian on that. I, I, I think that we're all adults, and if, if we want to see gruesome stuff, uh, as long as it's legal, I, I don't really find it an issue. But going back to AI, I, I think that's a really good point because I, I, I mean, scary, just with Chat GPT and of course Google's Bard's coming probably at the end of this month. You, you see, you already see people saying, "Oh, the the AI is woke" or "the AI is is racist" or you know, you have people on both sides saying different things, and and, and they're already trying to censor it, and and they're already trying to say, "Hey, why is this AI taking information that's making it?" woke or why is this AI taking this information that's making it seem racist so I can only imagine as we move forward in the next I think two years I I think things are going to progress so rapidly in the next two or three years that's going to be mind-blowing I I think this is definitely going to be a concern and I don't know what the answer is for that I I think if you start over censoring things you're going to have issues where the United States or wherever these corporations are being are being run I think we're going to fall behind because China would be would be not censoring it, and then is that AI going to be developing faster? Is and it, is that is pushing it, it further? Isn't it a predicament, isn't it a predicament, Catherine, that we're in a position where should we have power concentrate within humans, where humans decide what to censor, what not to censor, among other yes. things? Yes. Oh, with no, well, we don't want AI obviously. to control things. I don't. I don't get think on the issue... only run by a machine. AI should not be allowed well, to censor that's... anything. I don't think the issue here with the AI is, is like I don't think the solution here is censorship at all. I think what's happening with the AI is being fed uh, only limited information or data exactly. points. So, so that's what's causing the, the the say the bias in the in the AI. So, because I even when I was playing around with it, like I got it to admit to me, and when I asked it certain questions, that it was only being debt. Uh, fed very specific data points so the the it's so it's really a technical solution that hopefully you know they'll address because it's really about giving it much larger data sets and 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 figuring out how to um i mean i think it's a well we're gonna hopefully have a a a bigger space on this uh because it is a complex problem but Mario, Mario. Who, who decides what, oh, wait, oh, what information it gets? I, I think that's well, an important question. It, exactly, but it's also like the categorization of that information. Because right now, uh, one of the issues that I see with it, for example, the people giving it, feeding it the information, right? They're trying to go based on specific resources. Like I've even ran into this issue when I was teaching kids media literacy. I was teaching high school for a little while, for a quick moment, right? And I was, you know, which publications should you trust? So you tend to give them these resources, which are sort of the mainstream media, right? And everyone has a lot of distrust for these outlets nowadays. Um, and uh, and I think this is kind of the same issue that you run into when you gave d- feed data sets to the AI. They're feeding them things like the mainstream media, right? And the mainstream media now has yeah, like yeah, a lot Ka- of bias. Catherine, this has been ongoing, right? You, you do realize that General McChrystal... Uh, was allied with uh, an AI DARPA project targeting the right wing uh, for years now. And that played a role in the 2020 election. I think it was called the Defeat the Defeat Disinfo. Like, this is already, we're, we're, we're at the level you guys are already scared is coming. Like, we are there. It's happened already. Yeah, well, what, but for example, I'll, I'll use a very specific inform, uh, uh, point, like, for example, uh, diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion, right? So that was the one set, uh, data set that they said that they only fed it, the AI had admitted that it only fed it 
pro DEI uh, data sets, right? So if it's only feeding it one one point of view, of course the AI is going to give you biased answers. So the solution is really to have, I, I don't know, I mean, it, it might be to have a more diverse uh, ideologically team, team working at the companies to make ensure that there's checks and balances as to what data is being fed, uh, that it's sort of equally proportionate. It's a ve- I think it is a very difficult problem actually to solve. Um, so we're seeing yeah, a lot of issues around that. But it's not censorship. Just, uh, uh, DEI hiring policies for the Portugal, entire federal uh, I just want to do, do something quickly, Portugal. Um, Jim, um, always you know, doing your magic, I want you to introduce Senator Senator Bradley. Uh, sorry, Senator Bra- Bradley. Senator Brady. Oh, yeah. So Eric Brakey, I've uh, known, known Eric for a while. Um, he was Angus King's uh, opponent. And uh, during the time that Angus King was seeking to get him shut down on Twitter, as we just read in the files, and uh, uh, he's a state senator in Maine now. But uh, Eric, uh, go ahead. I'm just curious your thoughts about uh, what you read. I know. Tell you us. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious about your experience now that it came out, Senator. I appreciate you coming on. What was the experience like? How, did you did you experience that censorship firsthand? Did you know about it? Did you try to do anything about it? Well, uh, well, hello. Uh, you know. Um, yes, this is Eric Brakey here. I um, literally, I'm just coming back from uh, serving as the master of ceremonies at a Lincoln local Lincoln Day dinner, and while I was there, my phone started exploding with uh, with with all of this. So to to answer your question, you know, I've skimmed over the Twitter files and kind of what's what what's said there. Uh, this is news to me. I, I had no idea that this was going on. I guess he tried to have. Uh, or his campaign tried to have Twitter ban me and apparently over 300 other accounts on Twitter that were uh, associated with me. Some folks who apparently expressed excitement when Senator Rand Paul came to do a rally with me in Maine. Um, Certainly we held him to account during that campaign the best we were able to, uh, particularly over his, uh, and I wonder if this had something to do with it, um, you know, I, I, I call I, I regularly um, uh, called Angus King out for his warmongering and fearmongering and saber rattling uh, with Russia and warned that he was um, uh, pushing us towards a potential nuclear conflict. And uh, I think all these years later, um, that may have been dismissed as hyperbolic at the time. But here we are. Um, so. Yeah, I'm still trying to uh, understand exactly what to make of all this. Obviously, I did not have connections at Twitter like apparently his team did. Uh, I never reached out to Twitter and tried to get him banned. Uh, but it is um, uh, it, it, it certainly um, yeah, it, it certainly is uh, somewhat shocking to see. And I'm still trying you know, to. Eric- and, and Eric, let me throw this out to you. So in previous Twitter files, and I don't know how closely you followed them, but but uh, for your benefit, I want to talk about this. Adam Schiff was pressing Twitter to uh, stop any criticism of some of his staffers when he was chairing the uh, House Intelligence Committee. Of course, Angus King has been on the Intelligence Committee. Yes. So they kind of learned this process. Oh, well, just go talk to Twitter. We, you can figure out uh, how to shut certain things down. This is, to me at least, and it, it's coming across like it was purely political. It had zero to do with national security or concerns about Russian influence and all this kind of stuff. What's your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, um, you know, Angus King has been, um, you're, you're right to note that he's been on the Intelligence Committee. Um, he's been one of the, you know, uh, he's been one of the biggest warmongers um, and and I would say kind of a neo-McCarthyite in terms of how he has for years been agitating for a more hostile relationship with Russia, despite the obvious uh, danger that poses to the world. Um, and yeah, it's it's uh, it's somewhat shocking and alarming. I mean, I will say I, I, I wonder somewhat if it has something to do with and I'm speculating here. I remember he wasn't very happy in 2018 when uh, we caught him on camera at a 9-11 ceremony, uh, basically comparing uh, supposed Russian hacking of the 2016 election, which we all know now was um, fairly ungrounded in reality. He compared it to the 9-11 attacks and said the Russians were guilty of the same kind of attack on America that that Osama bin Laden and the 9-11 hijackers committed on our, our country. And that became an uncomfortable day for him when we got that video uh, covered on uh, Tucker Carlson. Um, so, you know, I, um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm still processing it all, trying to make, well, uh, I want to say like, have you, have you spoken to anyone? Will you consider taking any, any sort of action? Any action was recommended by anyone? I'm curious on what the next steps would be for, for someone that could have been impacted by, by um, the censorship we're seeing in the files. Uh, you know, I, I certainly have no idea. Um, I haven't thought that far. I don't know. Um, I, I guess I hope, you know, Senator Angus King is um, it's been it's been now four, five years since uh, since that campaign. And Angus King is currently um, weighing whether or not to run for reelection in the upcoming cycle. I think that he should announced that uh, I think this is disgraceful that he would try to censor critics in this way, use his position of power, uh, using his position of power to do this. I think that he should announce that he is not seeking reelection over this. Um, and, you know, perhaps he should even step down. But at very least, like, you know, and if he does choose to seek reelection, I think the main people need to understand the severity of what has been what what he and his team had attempted to do here. Um, and you know, he, he, should, uh, he should not, he should not be allowed to represent us. Yeah. So Eric, it was 2018 you were running against him, right? Just want to re-verify so everyone knows. Yes. This was 2018. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's exactly when this stuff was going, although I got to go back and look at it. I mean, you know, it was, it's just rank going after a political opponent. You and I come from, I know, come from this perspective where we, we certainly have a political opinion but we're very libertarian minded and uh, and uh, bill of rights minded when it comes to people's rights this is not just i mean it is obviously a serious problem to someone like you cuz you were his political opponent at the time on the ballot but you know even more broadly i mean you know like i, I gave the example earlier you know uh, george bush was able to hide uh, that they didn't know about WMDs and, and took us into war then. But had that had someone broken this out on social media, he might have been because they they're the ones who began some of this process. By the way, he could have been stopping that if it had gotten out on social media. Now social media is here; we can put things out. We really need to totally shut down this problem with uh, with political opposition because it can go both ways, can it? Yeah. The abuse of power, uh, Eric, and um, we've seen this a lot over the last few drops. I'm not sure if you've keep, been keeping 
track of the of the drops in the last few weeks. But if you do decide to do anything, um, Senator, do let us know. Um, we'd love to keep track. We've been covering the Twitter files since day one. And yeah, if, if what actually you decide to do would be great to let Jim know and he can update us. Maybe we'll have you again. We'll give, us amazing, we'll give you amazing coverage. I promise you that. Well, I still have a lot to, you know, try to understand about this, what exactly happened. And Jim uh, is an expert. Jim is an expert. He can help you out there, Eric. But I appreciate, appreciate you coming on and uh, would love to have you back. Appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. Uh, thanks for, for inviting him, Jim. Um, also, I'll let you jump in. You've been waiting for a while, man. No, I just, I did, I, yeah, I just, I just wanted to kind of push back on one of the comments that was made that said that suggested somehow decapitation videos are in public interest and should not be censored. I, I would disagree with that as somebody who tracks this and sees it on a regular basis. And the reason why is the, the groups that publish these videos, right, generally, right, you can generally fall into two categories, right, ISIS or cartels, and they do it for propaganda purposes, right? And so, you know, you can argue the gore aspect is not, but I think there's a risk in the propaganda value that these car- that these cartels or terrorists are trying to expose. And I'm, I'm sorry, like, you know, maybe people have seen it, maybe people haven't. I see these regularly because of what I track. The, you know, they, those are horrific, grotesque. They can cause a lot of mental health issues. I've had times where I had to stop covering it, and I track this regularly because of my mental health, because it's just despicable. But even just from a purely public policy point of view, I think that a lot of these videos should be censored. And I think the government and, so, and social media companies should actively censor these groups because, they're, you know, they're cartels and terrorists. And we should not give them any space whatsoever in the public domain because of who they are. But they're already out of the public domain. Most Americans don't know this. I mean, I, I would argue the flip side. I don't think it needs to be blasted everywhere. But if the average American saw the sheer brutality and animalistic characteristics of these cartel henchmen, uh, they might recognize the threat a little bit more. I'm not saying it should be blasted everywhere, but nobody sees this anyway. No, not, no, but few few for, people for, know just... about the cartels and their brutality. I know you report on it, and I respect what you do. But I think more Americans might take the threat seriously if they actually see what these people are capable of and the paramilitary and special forces members that they're now uh, arming themselves with, in addition to drone tech. Like I, I, don't, I see what you're saying, but I don't think it's a problem as is right now. I think the problem is not enough people know how bad it is. I'm inclined to agree with uh, what Prodigal just said, because the more people know about this, the better. It's, you know, it's in the public, and, and the public needs to know about it. The more information is given, the better. The more transparency is given, the better. Because, and, and I, you know, I can easily make a slippery slope argument. I can say that, hey, they censor this. What else can't they censor, right? And But I'm not going to make that argument. I'm going to say that, simply put, it's in the public interest to know about these things. And yes, they do do use it for propaganda purposes, but it can go both ways, right? If people don't are not afraid of ISIS and they don't recognize the threat that ISIS poses to not just the West, but everywhere else, you know, like a lot of the bombings happened in India. If people don't see these things, these actions happening, then they won't, you know, they won't take action against it. And that's a problem. And, and Mario, can I... Mass immigration is uh, a big issue uh, in Europe, Mario, can I weigh in on this public interest uh, uh, question? Uh, listen, there is there is one, and I agree with Ian and Prodigal 100%. And the, the reason is, is because there's a whole range of different uh, things that are in the public interest. I'll give you a perfect example. There's a terrorist group or a, quote, moderate rebel group called Nor al-Denzinki that beheaded a 12-year-old Palestinian boy, uh, I believe, in East Aleppo. And this is probably around, uh, I think, 2016 or something, around when things were really bad there. And it turns out that this group, is uh, not only rubbing shoulders with Western NGOs, but some of the people are also affiliated with possibly the same group, you know, acting as drivers 
for Western media. I'm talking about the likes of BBC and so forth. So, you know, when these groups, these terrorists are so closely linked and you'd be very naive to think that they're not very, very close connections, including funding and all sorts of support uh, on the ground uh, in, in a war like Syria, which is a dirty proxy war um, with your own governments, with your own mainstream media. So from that point of view, when you have a video like that or that footage or photographs, that's evidence. That's forensic evidence in a potential congressional hearing. Uh, a parliamentary a parliamentary inquiry or things like that. When you start expunging information from the public sphere, you're effectively covering it up. And you're you're and if you get the state to 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 basically be the hammer for that, this is hugely dangerous. And so I know it's uh, not pleasant to look at. And but you know when you start expunging information from the internet and uh, doing it with a heavy hand with the state power behind it. Um, this is not good at all because this opens the door to an unholy amount of abuse. Yeah, yeah exactly. we're pointing Where out that it? the uh, the drivers for that one group were uh, drivers for uh, John McCain, right? He's photographed with the same guys who decapitated the twelve year old. Yep, and uh, also uh, Adam Kinzinger uh, and Evan McMullen were also, uh, I believe, on that same uh, uh, let's say pub- public right. relations trip in Syria. Um, so in that's mm-hmm. a problem, you know, and people need to know about that. The fact that the media will just not cover it and it's completely blackballed is one thing. But we have alternative media. We have independent media. We have a lot of people in this space right now that are quite capable of doing proper f- forensic analysis of information and putting it out in a responsible way. And they do. They do it every day. Also, did you want to quickly respond before we go to Shukri and Slayman? Yeah, no, I think I, think I, I just... I think there is obviously. I think there's a way that the media can cover it, and people like myself or other accounts that cover it, right? And there's you, you self-censored. I think that, that that's the right approach, and you can mention it and do it. Uh, I do believe that there's you know I'll specifically just mention Mexico that that gets barely any media com- uh, conversation. I think that's a problem. But I just think the the you know you can find these videos. It's not hard. You just need to know where to look. And so. You know, it's not like, but I think the people who should find them are the ones who are actively looking or trying to do research in it and not necessarily the general public. I mean, if you know how to look Telegram, you can find Telegram is where you find everything. 90% of this stuff is shared via Telegram. Telegram has dominated um, um, media coverage. I mean, providing media of war zones, 100% is all now on Telegram. And then from Telegram, it gets shared across social media. I just think that we have to be very, 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 very careful of what we're saying. And I think that there is a concern that if we just turn on CNN and we see decapitation videos or even just Twitter or people that have a large access of people, we don't know who's looking. We can, we can run into a situation that minors get exposed to this. And I think that is a concern. And I just think minors should be banned on that social media, you know, minors should be banned from social media. If you're under 16, you should be banned from social media. There's a bill going through the Senate right now to do exactly that. And I 100% agree with it. And not, not a lot of people do, but I do. Uh, I think that, however, it is in the public interest. As you mentioned, you know, Telegram. I'm a big Telegram guy, right? And I get a lot of the uh, information about what's happening in Ukraine right now from Telegram. Uh, and it shows, you know, horrific actions specifically on, on both sides, actually, not specifically, but on both sides, right? Where, uh, you know, you have, uh, people who are, you know, they, they say that the Russians are doing some bad things and, and they are. And then you have people saying the Ukrainians are doing bad things and they are. Like, for instance, Ukraine, uh, very recently has been using chemical weapons in, on the battlefield, right? And this is not getting any sort of mainstream coverage at all. Yeah, and yeah, if we would have censored these things. Without verification. So, Catherine, it, it's very clear that they're using chemical weapons. They brag about it. These are Ukrainian accounts that are posting clear. it. 
How is it not very clear when they're literally bragging about it? These are Ukrainian accounts. I mean, it's like they're attacking Wagner soldiers. I want to go. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, I don't understand it's, it's, why why you need to like push back on that. You know, if I were to talk about say Russians doing some bad things in Buka, you'd be like, oh, 100 percent. You know, but if I say Ukrainians are doing bad things in uh, because in this specific thing is not true because it's been it's How's been it not debunked. We'll go with and, and this is not a This is this is ridiculous to say it's been debunked when it's literally a video of it, of videos of it, not one video, but several videos of it of them preparing we chemical have, weapons to attack Russian soldiers. We have a space, so Catherine, you want to quickly respond and then I'll we'll, we'll delay for the space we have about Ukraine. I think on Tuesday. Not sure if you want to quickly respond, Catherine. Yeah, yeah. The response that I'll give is that I've seen these videos and these videos are not accurate. Like, and these, a lot of these videos have been debunked. These videos do not match. By like, who? Who are they, they debunked? Who is debunked? If you watch these videos, Ian, Ian, if you watch these videos as I have. I have watched these videos. I, I have know, watched I these have. videos and this is the conclusion so I've arrived at. Uh, no, you you finish off. Yeah. I'll let you finish, yeah. Catherine, and, and Ian, we'll just, we'll just continue the discussion on Tuesday just on this point. Okay, uh, yeah, we can continue. On. Yeah, all I'm going to say is I watch these videos, and if you watch these videos, they, they do not stand as, as evidence. that They do not prove anything. You can go through those. Like, I can't go through everything right now. The United Nations videos, the United Nations itself well, has said that, the, that war crimes are being committed by the Ukrainian side. So, I mean, well, you want to not chemical them. weapons. So, I don't know we'll about go, these we'll war go, crimes. We'll we can to... discuss that. I don't know about yeah, that. Say tomato, I say tomato. I say potato, you say potato. We that is what's going on right now. So, yeah. uh, we'll go, we'll go Shukri, you've been waiting for the a point, while. The I'll point I'm making, the point I'm, I'll, I'll just want to finish my oh, point. Yeah, course, the point ahead. I'm making is that if it wasn't for these videos being available to the public, whether through Telegram or anywhere else, we wouldn't be having this discussion. We'd be assuming that everything the mainstream media says is happening in Ukraine is true. And we would not be allowed to even have this conversation, to have this conversation about whether it's okay to, you know, to spend taxpayer dollars supporting a regime that is actively, you know, gang, press ganging people in Odessa to have them fight in the front lines. I mean, these videos are making its way out there. And if it wasn't for these videos surfacing on Telegram, we would have no idea of what's going on. We'd simply believe the narrative that Ukraine is winning, Russia's losing, and that nobody's dying. It's just Russians that are dying and Ukrainians are lovingly supporting the war and that they don't want it to end. They're going to fight to the last man because that's the narrative they're feeding us right now. When you have Ursula von der Leyen going on television and saying that they're going to fight to the last man, this is what Ukraine wants. It's like, I, I'm doubtful of that because a lot of Ukrainians well, I talk to in we'll Ukraine go, we'll, are telling me otherwise. If you Are, are well, we going to censor them as well well we'll go to shukri i'll let you jump in shukri can you hear me yes i can hear you thank you so much um great space a lot of great discussion is taking place and your audio you for- is really your audio is really bad thank you for the compliments your audio is really bad though shukri not sure if you can, can you hear uh, me yeah, it's. I'll, I'll give you. I'll go to Slay Man. Maybe give you maybe a few thirty seconds to kind of fix yeah. your mic, unless it's, you could try. You it were out. muffled because you had it behind clothing or uh, not directly to your mouth. Yeah, try try now, Shukri. Try again now. How about now? Oh, it's much better. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. I want to be able to. Um, you know, there's a lot of discussion taking place, and that's great. And first of all, thank you for letting me come up and contribute to the discussion. But I want to bring it back to the people, the American people, um, to hear really what the bottom line is. The bottom line is the only legitimate purpose of the United States government is to protect our rights, to make sure no person violates the rights of another. Instead, they censored and infringed 
on the rights of American citizens, the very rights they were supposed to protect. We need to have a shared understanding that our system as it exists today cannot hold. We cannot be a nation whose rights and liberties are guaranteed by a governing constitution when lawmakers, presidents, bureaucratic agencies, and federal courts have redefined the constitution into a lawlessness. We cannot be free people with a church full of rights when freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, freedom of uh, unreasonable search and seizure, the right to self-defense and due process and other supposedly secure rights are thrown out the window every time the government agents decide to impose their will upon us or declare health emergencies or break our fucking elections. Lastly, I will leave, I will leave, uh, conclude with this. We need to wake up. We need to wake up and become people committed to a constitutional republic operating with the consent and the will of properly informed citizens that knows about the essential of good representative politics. Until we do so, we cannot change. So please wake up to that and remember your rights. Thank you. Thank you. For Thank you. I mean, we can't turn into Canada. When I say we, I mean everybody, right? I mean, look what's happening in Canada where they had mass protests uh, early in the year, right? Uh, last year. Uh, the Freedom Convoy protests, and what did they do? They they implemented wartime powers, right? The ability to shut people down, take away their bank accounts, shut down their businesses, and guess what? Just a few days ago, uh, it was found after a massively long inquest that uh, Trudeau did nothing wrong and that he could totally do it again. And this this is the complete erosion of freedoms of civil liberties in Canada, which are granted by the Charter of Rights. Right? They have a they have a, a Charter of Rights, just like the Bill of Rights in America, and and that's gone. It's 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 completely useless. It's a useless document if you can simply take away people's bank accounts on a whim. Right? That's exactly what they did. And Canada is it a democracy anymore? When when you have a, a leader. You know, who can do things like that? You can just literally shut people down. I mean, I urge all of you guys to watch P- uh, Pierre Polyver's uh, speech in response to all of this, right? It's very important because that's what's happening in Canada and it can happen to the United States. It can happen anywhere else. If it can happen to Canada, there's no reason why it can't happen in the U.S. And you don't want that to happen. Yeah, the one but thing. The thing is the difference. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna, no, I was just going to quickly say the one reason, the one big difference between the United States and Canada is we have a constitution. And uh, Canada is a parliament uh, with no, uh, you know, foundational document that guides things. Take it back. Great things about the United yeah, States. Yeah, that's not true. They, they uh, have plenty, actually. Uh, oh, they no, do have okay. a Bill of Rights and a, and, a, and a Constitution. It's just not being followed by the Trudeau administration, or I should say Trudeau regime at this point. I mean, um, I think the difference is that the only, the very unique thing about the American people is that we are the only people in the world who give our government the consent to govern us. It's the people that need to remember that we are giving them the consent and we cannot be complacent and forgiving at this point. Our founding fathers revolution less than what we are going through right now. So we need to remember who we are. That's what I meant. Thank you. I, I, I want to go to Slayman briefly. Slayman, is there any 
any way to make an argument for some level of censorship? <clears throat> I mean, I prefer there not to be censorship. And the reason for that is, is because as soon as you open the window for censorship, you have a scenario where whoever has authority or power in any given situation uses that power to censor those people they disagree with or dislike. So once you go down that road, the problem becomes you can never sh- you never you can never close the door. So as an example, whoever's in power, whether it's the left, whether it's the right, whether you give mainstream media the power, as a lot of people do, all of them are wanting to and willing to censor people because they want their propaganda to be heard by all. So as soon as you basically open the window for censorship, you allow that to happen. So that's my thoughts in terms of censorship generally. Specifically, I had a few points. I was going to actually um, mention similar points to Patrick. So, I mean, the first time I've heard him speak and he just hit the nail on the head on a lot of points, but I'll try and expand on what he said <clears throat> or try and take it in a different direction. First thing is in terms of bots, because I, I was going to mention it. Uh, I did have my hand up for a while, so I'm sorry I'm taking the conversation back slightly. But um, in terms of bots, like, so what? So what if there's bots? I, I don't I don't see the issue with it because you have a scenario where you have one side propagating and propagating a certain idea and agenda. You can essentially call them drones or bots anywhere because there's what a proliferation of information from one side where they make you think and believe in a certain and spe- specific way. So if you have <clears throat> bots who are almost giving you the, uh, an alternative view, that's an alternative view. And essentially, I don't believe there's a scenario where only one side is probably engaging in this. So that's my first point about that. Second point is about censorship, generally speaking. So, I mean, I, I wrote a thread recently, isn't it, about the mainstream media censoring any kind of opposition and they use people to do it. And that's literally the example of, of what occurs when it comes to censorship, because everybody wants to censor. And we obviously everyone's up in arms because the left wanted to censor, isn't it? And 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 so everyone's up in my arms about that. But in reality, it doesn't matter who it is; they all want to censor people. And the worst of all, and the worst of it is probably the mainstream media because, you know, you it's it's the duty of the press to hold power to account. But if the press is basically part of the prop. Uh, prop uh, part of the censorship and forcing you to think in a certain way, forcing you to believe in a certain way. And actually, if you disagree, you're censored. And then they have different mechanisms to do that. As I gave examples, some of it is pretending that they've been abused and various other ways. So then you have that. So for me, that's the worst thing. So how do you solve that? The best, the only solution to solve that is to not have any censorship because as soon as you allow it, including the bots, uh, which we were referring to before, you have the problem we've got now. I want to also, so I want to ask you a quick question and, and Ian, and I want to digress a bit because I do want to wrap up the space. It's a pretty small drop. Um, just got an update, the development. Um, Protocol, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. Um, usually I don't digress, uh, but I, and I want to keep this brief. But you just got an interview that's going to be airing soon in which um, Secretary of State uh, Blinken um, said that the interview is going to air on NBC News that the U.S. is very concerned that China is considering providing lethal support to Russia. I know it's been being discussed for, for a year now, but it kind of died down. Um, but now there's serious concern and, and then warned uh, Wang, which is a top Chinese diplomat, that it would, quote, would have serious consequences in our relationship. Now, the reason I'm digressing on this to kind of 
finish off the space on this important point is that it, 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 am I wrong to being shitless scared that you have the three superpowers if China well, does wrong. support you've got the three superpowers you're not wrong in, uh, America is a... creating an enemy right America is creating a, yet another enemy to distract from all the issues that are happening domestically you've got a, an uncontrolled border that they're happily letting you know mass illegal immigration into right you have that problem you have the Ohio problem you have the fault the infrastructure that's completely falling apart you have priorities that are completely out of whack I mean you have Rachel Levine going on television today talking about how the uh, inflation reduction bill is actually about climate change, right? You have all this crap going on and a lot of pushback against it. And guess what? They need a distraction. So guess what? China, Russia, you know, we're going to go to war, China and Russia. Let's mobilize the economy. Let's do World War II again. This is absolutely terrifying. It, it actually terrifies me that they are going down this path. Also, so I, I just, to add, just to add to that, I mean, I agree with what Ian said. It is a huge problem that this is occurring, but I don't think it's, <clears throat> I don't think it's as simple as it being too negative. And what, from an American perspective, from a worldwide perspective, is significantly problematic. But as a, as a, as the thread I wrote today, um, from, for example, destroying the Nord Stream, America benefited significantly financially as a and whereas Europe and specifically Germany suffered significantly so although yes there is in the US you have seen rises in prices and so on and so forth but holistically as a nation this up to now this war has benefited America much more than it has in many other nations um I, I, also you know we've discussed this a lot and I know I've brought up Piotr for this point um You've just got the three superpowers. If this goes out, if China does supply Russia with weaponry, you've got the super three superpowers involved. In Mario, they already are. It's just a public statement. The bulk of their know. drone tech know. is coming we, from Turkey and China already. And we don't know. to be honest, we don't know with you, you in the West China. can't do much. There's no evidence <laughs> to suggest the Chinese are supplying the Russians with drones. It wouldn't, be, talk about it wouldn't be surprising, but it's just no... So, so you, no, you, you yeah, haven't read the report report on DJI. Pietro, have you read the report about DJI? Are you familiar with Chinese military civilian fusion strategy? Alright, let's go, let's go, let's go with it, guys. Let's go with all sorts. Can I just say something? You know, I just want to say that the Chinese are providing the chips that are used in the Shahid to drones that Iran is that Iran is building, which is which they're sending to to Russia. So I think that would be that would be the warning. If you look at the information, half the half the data and equipment components that are in the Iranian Politico is wrong. Don't read the uh, guys, just sources. quickly, uh, just quickly. I, I also, and, and by the way, just a warning is involved uh, is is focusing on lethal support, lethal weaponry, so like uh, you know missiles and, and probably drones, actual drones, not chips. But uh, also, what do you think about this concern? Like, is there someone that is like, I want someone to tell me the other. It's easy to be concerned when you got the three superpowers involved in a in a proxy war. No, that's the right term to use, but in an indirect war. Um, is is there an you know is there another way of looking at it also that wouldn't be as concerning because I don't want to be the one that's always like freaking out and and saying it's the end of the world whenever something happens. But, but Mario, there's no evidence to suggest that they are. That's they why are what? Need... no, no. I'm not saying they are. No, just a warning. So, so, uh, right, the, yeah, so, so you haven't read the Wall Street very... Journal article, Pieter. It's it's up. Top. I'm not going to judge my. 
It's been a while, Protocol. But they literally are. Uh, He's saying they're not. Uh, and there's been... I know, I know, I know. But I just want to, I just want. He's right. Yeah. Protocol's right. Yeah. Read the Wall Street Journal article, guys. There's been articles just, published about this for months. Just want to go. <laughs> just want to go. Just want to go. Step back. Um, uh, what I want. What my question is. Uh, whether they are or not, that's a different discussion. So, Chuck, what I'm, I'm referring to, Blinken is saying he's very concerned that China is considering providing lethal support. But I'm aware of the whether, statements. I'm aware. Okay. I guess I guess they talk about escalation, but I mean, it's still a it's still a massive concern that America is concerned about it because they could literally. Yeah, but but it's bullshit. You literally had the UK Prime Minister on yeah. TV oh, saying we're going to provide long-term missiles and the jets are coming. I mean, None we're of what doing. You're saying is based on everything you say is so based on hearsay. They want to start World War Three, guys. Guys, it's I, I quite the UK. Prime it's quite simple. Did you? I want to go to Oswald. I, I do want to hear Oswald. Jump in, man. Otherwise, you're never going to get to speak. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, this is great. Every time I try to speak, curtain particle, you put them in the same space. This just goes to shit. No, I'm kidding. It's great. Um, I, I just before I, I go to that, I do want to say, like, hey, I'm all about if you guys want free, no censorship, then uh, bring Elon Jet back. But I'll digress. That's my last point. Um, He's so back. Wasn't he? Wasn't he brought back? No, he wasn't. Oh, no, no. So, oh, wasn't no. It? Well, look, he's a stalker. He's a goddamn stalker. Ian, Ian, it's illegal. But didn't Elon didn't, didn't say it was, uh, it was temporary back then? No, 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 no. Like, he, the, the problem with him is that he was supposed to he was supposed to stop posting live data, but he just refused. He refused. Oh, he, he kept, tried to blackmail oh, okay, Elon. Okay, he tried to okay, fucking blackmail Elon. So, so, you know, like, let's not yeah, put up okay, with that. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, yeah, literally, anybody can find his jet using any system. It's, but regardless, I'm, I'm going to answer. No, no, that's, that, that's not, a, that's not true either. The way that he was protecting so, the jet was very sophisticated. That, he, the guy is a programmer. He's a software engineer. And he figured out a way to basically unmask a lot of the data that's hidden by the FAA. And so he was actually uh, comparing it to other jets that are in the air, other private jets, and then making a, a 100% you know, probability uh, a deduction based on, on all these predictions. And but that's how he was able to detect the But, 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 but did, I agree that there's some censorship. Also, go ahead. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, so you would agree then some 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 censorship is justified. I just ended at that. I'm just going to end China, at that. I'm China, China. Also, yeah, I'm, I mean it, it's it's it's, it's like it's the, the censorship yeah. that we're discussing is what's illegal and what's legal, right? So, for instance, child pornography. Do we censor it? Hell yes. Do we uh, do we censor revenge porn? Yes, we do. Right, and and this is not a matter of censorship. It's a matter of uh, you know where we weigh what is censorship versus. Uh, what is in the public interest and, and what is, you know, like what's illegal, whether you're causing harm, right? Right, right. You're, that, I agree. I just, I just think that from my point of view, it's just a little bit, my point of view was, hence my comment of just a little bit more than that, especially decapitation. But let me answer the, the Mario point. Let me just answer the Mario point. So I was freaking out, man. Well, answer Mario before he doesn't sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? Let me cause another shit show. I actually, I'm shocking. I'm going to agree with Particle on this, right? The, the, this, of course, China is going to support Russia. I mean, this, is a, this isn't breaking news, right? I mean, if anybody who's tracked the Russian-Chinese relations within the last 10 to 20 years have clearly shown that there has been, although there's a lot of there's there's a lot of mistrust between both sides. It's not shocking to see that China, because of the the, the effort and the in the relationship and the but amount of China's economy would crumble with sanctions. Well, but it depends. It depends. Again, I don't think we're going to go to the level of sanctions that we did on Russia, right? Well, what, what they'll probably do is they'll find the 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 companies that are providing these weapons, and the U.S. government will sanction those companies. It's coming like a slap or a wrist because you know th- again the, the U.S. government has the decision and our allied partners of how much we were willing to sanction, and many a lot of this of public messaging coming out is to try to at least maybe do the Chinese to kind of self-censor them, like self-impose restriction on themselves and be like, okay, the Americans are tracking us, let's back away. But I think the overall picture, I mean, this isn't shocking. This 
isn't like an escalation. This isn't like now because I never, China. I do... never expected it, man. Like they end up doing it, assuming they'd not. But like, do, how 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 major is it? Do you, you, is it is it it's like more major than going to Taiwan? Also, 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 go ahead. <laughs> no, so I, I, again, we don't really know what it is. The, the problem that the Russians are having, and this has been widely discussed, right, is that they're running into equipment issues. The, the, they, they are running into severe equipment issues, and the sanctions are impacting their, their ability to manufacture, and especially modern weaponry, right? It is having a huge detrimental impact on Russia's ability to sustain this war in long term. And so clearly the Russians are trying to find out with their partners what capability and, and how they're able to support. And I think if you look at China, right, and China's geopolitical interests and their foreign relations interests, right, is it in China's national interest for Russia to suffer humiliating defeat in Ukraine? Right. And I think from the Chinese perspective is no, they do not want Russia to suffer significant difficulty because they managed to build some sort of a relationship with Russia, specifically if you're looking at Central Asia. Right now, the problem now what we're going into, right, is, you know, there's a lot of discussions in foreign policy, right, that is, is Russia becoming a junior partner of China? And this has been kind of a long term trend that we're seeing because China's economic growth or military. Of course, they've been a junior partner. But right, years. of course they are. I would yeah. agree with that. I would agree with that. I would agree with that with that assertion, right? Well, Russia so, gate didn't help, right? So, I what I would say is that that the, the from, from yeah, that, well, right? I wonder why the Russians would start teaming up. Sensory, any American, also, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go with, we'll go with all source then Piotr. And then protocol and, and wrap it up with the with the whole. Yeah. So what what I to your Maria point, I do not be concerned, right? I think this is just this is just every country has their own national interests across the world, and what we in the especially when you're looking at Russia, Ukraine. So China you wouldn't be, but you wouldn't be concerned with the U.S. Mm-hmm. supplying Ukraine, and I'm sure again repeat the U.S. supplying weaponry, NATO supplying significant weaponry to Ukraine, and China supplying weaponry to Russia, and Russia and Ukraine being at at a, at a, a year I, mean, but is, I mean, this isn't this isn't like unique in his, in history. Well, right? we've been doing that in <laughs> Yemen yeah. for years. You know, the Russians. I mean, we've been doing this is a this is hasn't happened to that level between U.S. and and hold on, U.S. and Russia to that levels never happened to that extent. I mean, look at Vietnam, Mario. I mean, yeah, look, yeah, but supply, but you, you, there's been more supply significant in that year. In what one year, there, there's more weaponry supplied than all of the Vietnam War. No, but look at this point. Let me put it this point, right? In the Korean War, in the Korean War, right? In the 1950s, the U.S. There was a, there was an article about this that became declassified after 50 years, I believe, right? And a, and a, and a U.S. pilot got, like, I think, the Silver Star for this. He shot down four Soviet MiG-15s during the Cold War. I mean, during the Korean War. And it was completely put under the rug because nobody wanted escalation. It was not intended. It just happened. And everybody put it down in the rug. Both the Russians and the Americans, everybody shut the hell up for 50 years. It was not, again, this is just not to suggest, though, because the Chinese are now getting involved to support that. And we don't know the level of support. It could be just some sort of the Chinese might be like, hey, let's give some token support to the Russians. So we still have influence and support from the Russians, but not enough to like trigger sanctions. Right. The Chinese can decide this does not automatically equate into the three great powers now. And when and then the West yeah. or the Russia and China Actions going into war, I don't see that. Right? This yeah, is, so they just removed the main from America. Protocol, I was uh, next. You, you can go after me, You can go after me, But all I'm saying um, is that Biden's actions this week, he removed the made in America requirement for the infrastructure bill. 
uh, this is going to benefit China immensely. Like, what's that got to Blinken do with say, this? What that has to do is Blinken can say whatever the fuck he wants to, but we're giving billions well, to China that's, of that's our taxpayer that, money. That has that's, a that's very loose saying, association to this. You do bring in some rather far-fetched associations, I must be honest with you. But anyway, look, I, I just read into this. Am I majorly concerned? Yeah, this is definitely something to take note of, right? Uh, I just want to make a couple of quick points and then I'll go over to the shouty man over there. But um, I, I think that this is, Number one, we don't know anything other than that the American administration have provided information, which in itself is quite significant. The Americans wouldn't do that if it wasn't something that they feel they needed to share with their allies and partners at the Munich Security Conference, which, as we know, has been historically quite a famous place for Putin to share certain speeches in 2008 or 2007, right? So that in itself is worth taking note of. But we don't know much information about what they mean by we're concerned by Chinese activities vis-a-vis Russia. It could be simply supplying pieces of tech that support the development of another piece of equipment, right? So, for example, in Russia in April, the Russians were unable to begin creating certain types of tanks because the sanctions were preventing them from getting certain components. So are the Chinese indirectly supplying them with some of these things so that they can continue the conflict? Um, that's what we don't know. What I do think is interesting is that they have entered into a deeper partnership in the past year since the war. If you cast your mind back, they said um, uh, along the lines of uh, we want to, you know, they, they, they met, uh, what, two, three days before the uh, before the, uh, the war started um, or Russia invaded. And, and there was a, quote, no limits friendship. Right. Um, but up until this point, much of what China has done is rhetoric only diplomacy, not necessarily follow through through policy and economic support. Uh, And the reason why I've always retained a degree of scepticism or restraint on the sense of how much China will go to support uh, Russia is because of the fallout economically. China has far much more to lose from supporting Russia than it does, um, um, uh, you know, giving up its economic interests with the West. Right. So China receives about uh, two percent of its trade from uh, from the, the Russian Federation. Now, we can talk about if vassalization is happening to Russia, is it becoming a vassal state of China? That's a separate argument. But I am still on the fence as to how much this is a concern. Maybe, is it maybe going this, to... Uh, go sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I just, I, you know, we, we've seen, as, as to... Pro, uh, to, uh, to um, uh, all sources point, we've seen illustrations in the past and even up until last year with the Yemen war, where great powers or big powers supply, you know, other interventionary countries, right? So Yemen is a two-tier proxy war, you can argue, in the sense of Saudi Arabia is fighting on the side of the Yemen government versus the Houthi rebels, which are supported by the Islamic it's, Republic it's, it's and Iran. And, and the <laughs> Russia supports Iran and America and Britain supports Saudi Arabia. So, But I, I think it's a stretch to go, Mario, to your point, that this is going to lead to direct military intervention between it could even, it could even redu- It could even reduce it. I know it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but it could reduce well, it. I, our concern is that Russia being put into a corner will force them to use uh, nuclear weapons. Well, that's a separate but, issue. The Chinese would be very firm in not allowing the Russians to Exactly. Do that. So that's what I mean. Like, if China it gets involved, I'm sure there's guarantees by Russia. Well, no yeah. Can... I mean, look, there's a difference between kinetic warfare and, and what we're seeing with these. And this leads me to another point, which I just want to raise because it's related Briefly, to this, yes. right? When, and then I'll go to Portugal. But, like, when, when the Russians started floating about those uh, vessels that uh, can carry uh, the nuclear um, weapons... Um, there's a key point that a lot of people who jumped on the bandwagon go, oh, my God, Russia's 
floating nuclear weapons in the Baltic Sea. No, they're just releasing vessels that are capable of carrying these pieces of equipment. The Russian doctrine when it comes to nuclear engagement has not changed. Limited warfare using a tactical nuclear weapon is a concern. The doctrine, the doctrine changed a few months ago, though, no? No, the doctrine has not changed since uh, the US and the Russians established it. What's changed is their way that they're carrying the weapons. That's different. The usability and implementation of the weapons is very different to simply starting to, um, you know, distribute or release uh, new. It's about posturing, mate. If you've got a submarine that can carry the um, the weapon, that's not great. But if you don't put the weapon on the submarine, then that's basically that, that, it's just carrying a big stick, but not using the big stick, right? To quote Theodore Roosevelt or whatever. Paraphrase. Well, so, well, let's not so, let's, yeah, let's, let's not forget something here. I mean, the the real dynamic in whatever China would do is brick and the desire to uh, get uh, to go away from the U.S. reserve currency, which is China's. Precisely. They're not going to compromise. Yeah, that's that's, that's their the number one goal. Right. And the only way for China to do that is to have Russia involved because China doesn't have the oil that Russia has. And oil is a big peg. It's not the only thing, but it's a big part of this whole process of, of uh, sustaining a reserve currency is, you know, to move it in oil dollars. And again, it's other stuff, too, but that's a big part of it. So that so China is going to do the amount that it needs to do to make sure Russia doesn't get screwed up over their Ukraine thing. And that's their entire motivation. Other than that, they could care less about where Russia goes, if you if you ask me. Yeah, just to what summarize, I'd just say that, you know, look, this is definitely something to keep your eye on. It's definitely something I'm going to read more into. Uh, I'm more in line with Prodigal than he probably thinks, but I just was reactive because he's so reactive and I just thought it'd be funny to spice up the stage. Um, but it's definitely something to, uh, I'm joking, but like, I think it was, it's a, it's an important thing to raise, but it's not going to lead to direct military. Uh, it's going to be Taiwan. If it's going to come to a head, it's going to be over Whoa, Taiwan. That's we a, know that's they've been supplying the Russians. We know that Turkey has been supplying the Russians heavily. Like, this is not an issue. We know India is still doing business with Russia. They're the top uh, importer of Russian oil in the world. And they're the third largest importer of everybody globally. Like, uh, the alliances have fractured. But looking at Biden, like, he's not going to do a tough line on this. You'll see more blowback from China if more high-level officials from the government visit. And then you might potentially see a blockade. But right now, what has Biden done? He released Huawei's uh, executive when she was held in jail. Uh, we've lost the 5G race across the world. Uh, he just lifted the Made in America requirement for this national EV charging station he wants to build. Uh, 20% of China's AI industry is, is, headset, is funded by U.S. capital. My, and this, this is the same out. government that hasn't banned TikTok, even though India had the foresight to ban it years but, ago. Protocol, I've got, this is back to the question. Are you, because you generally, I'll be honest, like you, you get... You, may, you everything is concerning for you, and you, you you tend to lean more on the concern side of every argument. Is there like how would you compare this to other points we've discussed over the last few months on these shows? If China begins to to supply Russia, I have a feeling that you wouldn't be that concerned because in your mind it's already happening. Correct. It might just be more open with it. China's playing a big role in shipping uh, Russian oil to skirt sanctions. I mean, they, they have bought their own shadow fleet in addition to Russia. They are in, Russia has nowhere to go. We have completely broken every rule and international norm when it comes to trade and central banks, etc. There's a reason why you're seeing central banks shift into gold and yuan, etc. Like, yes, the dollar's still strong, but we have basically 
cause a lot of nations to look like I'm more concerned long term. Yeah, if you're going to freeze our cash, you know, just because you trade with Russia, you know, if you're going to freeze. But, but, but why now? Mil- militarily, <laughs> we, we, we could not support both Ukraine and Taiwan. We're just not. Yeah, they said this publicly. They said this quite publicly, right? That uh, Anthony Blinken said that we we won't be able to. Fr- that's a reason why pulling out of Afghanistan is a good idea because that means they can support Ukraine, right? <laughs> that that's a funny thing to admit. Now China knows the game. You know, they know that oh, so if we you know if we move on Taiwan, America won't be able to do anything. It'll be stretched too thin. I'll go to to Ian since you're speaking. Um, I've just uh, I'm see if um, I'm actually trying to tweet it. I just tweeted about it. I want to see what the audience okay. thinks. So I'm just tweeted about this um, comment that we were just talking about because I know I kind of pivoted the whole discussion. We will wrap yeah. up the space. I want to see if um, it seems that that all source was somewhere in the middle. Yacht it was less concerned, and he made a good argument for that. Paul I'm going to retweet you, by the uh, way. Yeah. Uh, oh, cool. Thanks, Ian. I, I'm, I'm blushing, man. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> and so, so now that you're retweeting me, you're, Ian, what's your position? You seem to be. Are you, do, wait, wait, wait! wait. I have to of... correct. I have to correct one thing. I've I've been this concerned for well well over a year. Okay, you guys yeah. are just catching up now. That's not like my concern is decreased. Can I can I point out one, one thing well. on on what Prodigal said, which is that the economic point is very legitimate, but again, um, the, the 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 role of BRICS is a longer term strategical plan. Uh, and not something that's going to play, I think, personally into the direct calculus of the Chinese. What I am concerned by is the fact that they did release the balloon and whatever they say that it was our, our, an Arctic winds, that, oh, it blew it off course. No, it didn't. It takes a very unique um, set of winds to accidentally blow it all the way down Canadian airspace into Montana, 3,000 square kilometers or whatever or so. Um, and so the Chinese were just taking mm-hmm. a... A, you know, a bog standard, you know, a uh, bit of Cold War doctrine, um, you know, narrative sort of first deny. I don't know how true that is. Second, how true that is, Piotr? Ian, I'll let, you, I'll let you wrap. So I do want to wrap up the space. I'm concerned by the Chinese actions over that because they're clearly saying one thing and doing another. And my biggest concern of all is that uh, basically in, in Chinese pol- policy, unlike in America or Russia, even where you have a hotline where you're able to contact, you know, the respective representative in the other country, China's military can't do that. They have to gain um, a grant from the um, from the CCP. So there's a very centralization of control. So when the Americans tried to contact the Chinese about the balloon, the Chinese basically didn't pick up. And so I am concerned that what we're seeing on one side, which is the Chinese trying to say, oh, yeah, we want to work together or be cooperative. They're not doing that through their actions. And the balloon and the lack of engagement Millie... is, is a concern of that. So I do share Prodigal's concern. Does it... Doesn't Millie have a direct line to a Chinese general, though? Didn't he talk about that? About not how really. Trump he's, was being belligerent to China? He was well, the, the general in, in China would not be able to facilitate a phone call or even receive it uh, unless the CCP was granted it. So it, it goes, everything basically goes through President Xi, to a certain extent, the Standing Committee more broadly. But it shows you how much President Xi has tried to politicize the situation. But if, uh, And this all comes back to October and the, his re-election in, uh, the, in, uh, in the CCP conference. So it, it's a concern. Someone mentioned China skirting sanctions. There are no United Nations sanctions. There are only U.S. sanctions. It's not skirting anything. It's not illegal for China to sell Russian oil or do anything they want, trade with Russia. It's a yeah. U.S. sanction. 
Europe. I was going to add that. Yeah. UN sanctions. Joe, I brought you up, Joe. I brought you up just because I, I was wrapping up the space, but I looked at your, uh, your, your bio. And I just brought you up to get your thoughts on the question I had earlier, the concern I had. I'm trying to be as objective as possible. If China does supply Russia with uh, weaponry, which I thought was impossible when the war started, I'm like, no way. There's no way it's going to happen. And now I'm, I'm actually leaning on the, other, on the other side of that argument. But w- w- do you think... Um, my concern is valid, or do you think I'm overreacting and now well, I'm missing a different perspective? Well, I'm just talking as a, someone who covered the UN headquarters for 25 years for the Boston Globe and the Wall Street Journal and the Sunday Times and a bunch of other papers. There's no embargo of the Security Council on sending arms to Russia. China could do whatever they want legally. Of course, the US won't like it and Europe won't like it, but there's no prohibition against that, that's it. That's legally, but politically, what yeah. does it mean for, for world peace? Well, I don't know if Russia well, even for the needs, war. Let's talk not world peace if, for the war itself. Well, I, first of all, I don't think Russia necessarily needs weapons from China. They have a, a, a building a much larger weapons industry since a year ago. Um, they have bought drones from Iran. Again, that's not illegal. I mean, what does it mean for the war? I mean, Russia is already far stronger than. Ukraine and most of the tanks that are being promised to Ukraine, for example, will take months to get there. And what are we talking about, 18 tanks or something? I mean, Russia doesn't necessarily need China's help, and they're already much stronger than Ukraine. So I don't know if that would have any demonstrable effect on the war if China supplies Russia with anything. Uh, uh, yeah, I just, I, add, you... I just want to add, Mario, uh, that that uh, Russia's war industry, right, its military industry, is is pumping out ammunition and rockets and missiles at a far higher rate than Europe can even catch up with. This is something that's been in the news in the Wall Street Journal uh, as of like this week, where they pointed out, and multiple outlets pointed out, that Europe cannot keep up. You have the British defense minister going out there and saying that we have lost the war when it comes to production. We cannot outpace the Russians. We are running out of weapons ourselves and that we cannot afford to send any more uh, missiles or, or bullets even to Ukraine because they're using it at a crazy, insane rate in Bakhmut right now and Solidar. So it's like, good, you know, like the, the British have said that, you know, the European countries, their war industry is not geared for this. It's not geared for a war of attrition. Theirs is mostly, you know, quick, fast, dirty combat. You know, it's, it's like basically taking on a bunch yeah, of goat herders true. in Afghanistan. That's yeah. what they're Russia's built for. Known, Russia's known for wars of attrition. Just in exactly. enough, just in time uh, is how I'll the go, supply I'll... chain was set up. Just yep. in time war. Uh, just in Joe, time. This uh, is so stupid. Yeah. Uh, Joe, I just want to let you know my team is DMing you just to invite you to. Um, so we do a lot of spaces every few weeks on the Ukraine war. Uh, sure. So it'll be a pleasure to have you. Uh, I can't DM you. If you can DM me first um, or follow me, but just you could just DM me. Okay. And then I'll be able to DM you back. Um, that would be great, Joe. It's a pleasure to have you on stage. Very good. And Thanks. Tara, Catherine, any yes, final word on the discussion if you're still on your mic? Because um, I do want to wrap up the space. Any final words? Um, I'll skip my final words. Oh. Do you uh, mind if I conclude with something? I just want to conclude with this quote from Benjamin Franklin, one of our founding. Uh, he says, Whom- whomever would overthrow the liberty of a nation must begin by subduing the freeness of speech. So that's very important, and we have crossed that line at this point. Can Thank you. Send you. Me, can, I, Shukri, can you send me that via DM? I'd love to maybe use it in a tweet. That's actually yeah. a good quote. It's a very good quote. Absolutely. what we're talking about. Thank um, you. Uh, so, so Tara, I think, is off her mic. So, uh, Rose Alerts, I want to go to you briefly and to kind of end the space. Uh, I'll give you a shout-out, man. Uh, massive respect to what you've built. 
Uh, I can't use your name, I almost did by accident. Can't use your name, but uh, massive respect to what you built, man. Love the news that you're sharing. Love the the layout, the design of the news, and uh, appreciate you always sharing the news with us early so we can cover anything worth covering. So uh, can I just add one quick you, point? Well done, um, I keep no, don't ruin the shout up. Yo. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> Let me... Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Oh well, good. So yeah, Raw's but... unless you said give me oh, the Raw's shout amazing. out. Raw's amazing. Follow him, um... guys. Raw's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I really, it really means a lot to me, Mario. You've done a fantastic job with the spaces, and I'm excited for the future. So, um, yeah, very, very excited. Oh, good to have you here, man. Yeah, Piotr, tell us your final words, man, and then Portugal will obviously respond. And then Ian will and, and off in we go again. Yeah, yeah. And... yeah. So, <laughs> final quick, quick words, very, very brief. No, no, bro. No, I'm joking, very, I'm very quickly, Piotr. No, I just wanted to say to Joe, um, nice to meet you. Appreciate your comments. Um, I think that the. Um, uh, the comment about Iran, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I'm pretty sure that the uh, restrictions on Iran supplies to Russia are breaking some rules uh, somewhere. So I would uh, double check on that one. Uh, sanctions on Iran, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, I think they are breaching the sanctions at the moment. So, But you're completely correct that the Russians don't, well, I mean, of course, the UN Security Council sanctions wouldn't exist because, the well, the Security Council, Russians and Chinese won't allow that to happen. So anyway, uh, I think it's really good discussion. By the way, uh, by the way, by the way, uh, terms of the Twitter files, I was identified by Matt uh, as being on the Hamilton 68 list and one of the 644. Just to put oh, out. Oh, wow. Okay. Good, good yep. to be You up. were, yeah. They called yeah, you, you never a, thought a you Russian had to face him, did you? Oh, you were, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Uh, Joe, you were also part of the Twitter files and you were suspended? No, I was never suspended. No, this is the Hamilton 68 dashboard. Oh, okay, yeah. What? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah they might have him as a Russian disinformation bot, which is just a bunch of bullshit, yeah, no, of course, as we know now. Why do we know you're not a bot? Let me make that very clear. Well, just in case, Joe, in case you are a bot, just want to tell you we treat everyone equally here. So, including bot, bots, we're not including Percentage. bots. Yeah, we're not bot no, lives matter. Bot lives matter. Uh, all right, everyone, it's a, it's a pleasure to have yours. Been a while. We haven't done a Twitter file drop. We did delay the uh, Ohio space for Monday because Nick is just interview after interview, but he'll be with us yeah. on Monday to cover the story in Ohio and what's happened there. And then we've got. Um, uh, so massive shout out to Nick and his hustle, <laughs> this guy. Oh, Nick is uh, amazing, man. Have you, did you catch him on uh, on Fox News? He was talking to Tucker. He sent it to me. I didn't watch. I think I oh yeah. watch it. It's great. He's great. Like he has a great. I watched. I watched. No, 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 no. I watched it. I watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah. I, watched it. I, I watched yeah. it. That's impressive. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah I watched it. Yeah, he's quite I mean, good. Yeah, and he's been appearing he's, on other shows as well. So you know, catch those. Man, as well. I, I remember. I remember Nick. I don't know if I told you. Ian, me and Catherine were laughing. So Nick was talking to me and Catherine uh, about. I think I don't know. Catherine, well, he was on the way to the. But I was. He was talking to me about uh, going there. But before that, he was really, me and him were going back and forth. He wants to go to Turkey about the earthquake. I'm like, man, the earthquake <laughs> is done. There's not much more to cover there. And he, he, he's like, okay, okay, okay. And then five minutes later, he calls me again. Mario, I really think I should go to Turkey. It's 30 minutes of him calling me every, every maybe two, three times in that 30 minutes. And now the same thing for Ohio. I didn't resist much for Ohio because it made more sense. and It was only six hours away. Yeah, Ohio makes more sense. Give him this one. So I said, yes. 
And I'm like, I call him today. I'm like, man, <laughs> you, I can never argue with you again. <laughs> you, yeah, you, if he wants to go to Turkey next time, you know, send him to Turkey. You know, man, if it. he wants to go, if he wants to go anywhere now, even there's no news. I'm like, yeah, you'll. I'm sure you'll find something. I'm sure send him to Ukraine. Something. Send him to Ukraine. Yeah, have him have man, him cover. Uh, I would the not there. send Nick no, to Ukraine. I'm meant to be going back to uh, no, Ukraine next, uh, no next the, month. If you no. send him to Ukraine, make him go through the Russian side. It's a lot safer. I'll just say that. <laughs> okay, we go. Alright guys, anyway, pleasure to have you all um, Good to have a Twitter file, it's been a while And we'll see you I think on Monday's the next Space on the Ohio um, Derailment, train derailment in East Palestine Tuesday we have The Ukraine-Russia war uh, For another another space covering The latest day, I'm really interested for that one We need uh, Igor there, we need Kim.com there, you know uh, And some people who are actually I'll... informed Not them <laughs> no, they're pretty Imagine informed. I, I would say Ego's really informed. Well, Ego's, and, you should watch his documentaries. And we might, we might <laughs> add to this, uh, Mario, that uh, right at the end of Matt Taibbi's uh, thing tonight, he he pointed to some more stuff coming. So there should be some more, very mm-hmm. even much more. Uh, did he say what? What did he say? What they're about? Uh, uh, no, but uh, did he? I think he did. He did. Yeah, he did hint at at what they're going to be about. It's going to be. Oh God, can you can you dig it up? I'm not at my phone right now. Yes, sir. All good. All good. Well, actually, maybe the audience wants to know. Let's just check quickly what it'll be about. Yeah, it should be like the second to last post. Can someone check it out? Did someone check it? I'm pulling it up right now. Hold on, and I'm going back and forth, and I'm having to answer the other. I'm going. I wanna. I wanna go. I wanna go. I wanna go through the comments of my. I'm actually really curious to see what people said. Start reading the comments. Yeah, we haven't read any of them tonight. Yeah, so let's uh, let's go over some of them. Not the space ones. I'm actually the space ones. I read through them. I I did bring up a couple oh, okay. questions. More more opinions today. I'm seeing if anyone else is scared of this. The the China thing it was just me. That should um, be a space. That we should make a space. We should get uh you know uh, Gordon Chang on there. I think he you know. Listen, Mario, expert. if you're scared, there's a video circulating of a border clash between Indian and Chinese soldiers with a bunch of sticks and bats. I wouldn't worry Watch about that, that because they've been yeah, told not to use guns. They've been told not to use guns. Yeah, listen, both sides. Indian and China both go sides don't use guns all the time. That is like. Yeah, it's um, a daily thing. Hey, by the it's way, a, it's, it's not a it's not a serious thing. When you're ready, I have Matt thing. I'm going to finish what you're doing. Yeah, what's the what's the Matt thing, Jim? So so what he said in number fifteen. This is why the what he said and what he said in number fifteen. Jim, what he said in number fifteen was beginning in March, we'll start using the Twitter files to tell this larger story about how Americans turn their counterterrorism machinery against themselves to disastrous effect through little-known federal agencies like the GEC, the Global Engagement Center, like we were talking about earlier. So that yeah, apparently got some more stuff. Plus, we have the Fauci files that still have to come. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to figure yeah, out what they're doing with that. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a big one. Uh, all source, final words, got to go down to space, bro. Yeah, I know you have to end it, but uh, just, just to people, maybe some breaking news. Uh, apparently, okay. Israel did conduct a strike in Damascus. Oh, uh, no. The, the significance <laughs> of this, although it's very recurring, the significance of this is that they might have targeted high-ranking Iranian and Hezbollah officials. There's a lot of unconfirmed yeah, reports. I won't share right it, but it's, 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 so, that's something to keep a yeah. lookout for tonight. It is. Uh, I'd say, say it's relatively, yeah. relatively yeah. common. Israel... It, 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 no, but not, you know, not, not the, the sense that he's saying. It's, it's a target. Yeah, they're going on the HVTs. That, that's quite serious. I would so that was like... They're going on the HVTs. I would point out that... Just one second, prodigal. I would just point out that the Israelis most likely conducted the strikes against the Iranians a couple of weeks ago, and there's been concerns about the 
Iranians doing the rounds in both Moscow and Damascus now. And also because if you remember that the UN is trying to establish a humanitarian corridor to Syria, um, but there's this uh, the debate is basically Damascus wants to have all the aid provided to them from Assad and the West don't want to provide it. And so you've it's got close, this, um, yeah, and it's close to Iranian installations. It's Iran related. Iran related. It's the West yeah, wants yeah, to do it through, through the white helmets. Yeah. Provisions is what I'm saying. There's a, there's a problem with the amount of aid getting to Syria. Well, it's a valid concern. A lot of those NGOs. It's a very valid concern. Yeah. Can you tell them to hold off any further any, any further aggression just for about 15 hours? We all need to get some sleep, and then they could <laughs> uh, do all the shit, silly shit they want to do. Oh. Um, all right, guys, pleasure to have you. Also, thanks for trying to get the space to go on for longer with more breaking news, but it won't work. I'm going to end this space. See you all next time. Thanks a lot, everyone. Bye. Bye.